0: It's since spread out nationally with a meeting due to be held in Bedford on May the 15th to
1: set up a local branch. Campaigner Jan Hansen felt something needed to be done after his mother and brother were treated at Bedford Hospital. A government health advisor has said that social care agencies need to ensure their workers have a basic grasp of English before they're placed in vulnerable people's homes. Dr Shireen Hussain says that poor language skills could lead to bad care and abuse.
2: Sometimes because of uh, problems with communications, things can escalate and can either result in uh, bad treatments for both parties. So we have Uh, incidents of care workers um, being treated badly Uh, and we also see service users feeling that they haven't been treated properly, they haven't been understood.
1: The United States is sending a team of military advisors to try to help find 200 schoolgirls kidnapped by Islamic terrorists in Nigeria. The leader of Boko Haram says the girls will be sold. The Court of Appeal has heard that clearer guidance is needed to do not resuscitate orders. It's considering the case of 60. Three-year-old Janet Tracy from Ware in Hertfordshire, who had lung cancer and was taken to hospital after a car crash in Abbots Langley three years ago, her family say they were not consulted when a DNR notice was put on her records. Our reporter Louise Hubble says the key argument concerns her human rights.
3: One of the the main um, pillars of the of the family's case appears to be that Mrs Tracy's human rights were breached. Um, the court has been told under Article Eight, Mrs Tracy should have been consulted because because it states that a person has the right to choose how you pass the closing moments of your life.
1: The fire brigade were called to Watford General Hospital yesterday afternoon after a problem with the water supply. The brigade provided a temporary supply with bottled water also made available. In sport, Manchester United beat Hull 3-1 last night. Tonight, Manchester City can move a step closer to regaining the title if they beat Aston Villa at home. The weather mainly dry and sunny this morning. Scattered showers this afternoon, which could be heavy in places. A maximum temperature... 18 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk/slash three counties.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Yeah, I live in Milton Keynes, work in Milton Keynes. It's all about open
1: skies,
3: lines of wonderful boulevard trees. It's all about where you live. So we always come over here for a cup of coffee. Five minutes away from the city centre, you've got the countryside,
4: but
5: you've got all the London shops here if you want them.
3: And all this week, we're featuring Milton Keynes, the big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. At this point of the show, I like to read the menu out and tell you what's happening, so I'm going to do that now. Calls for forced marriage crackdown. Calls for greater transparency in the NHS. And calls from you on whatever you fancy, yeah? Yeah? And I mean that most sincerely. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. <clears throat> so we had... Um, Catherine, when you were off on Monday, did you, what did you think of Monday's show, Catherine?
7: Um, well, I thought that... Um, <clears throat> uh,
6: you didn't listen, did you?
7: I was asleep. How could you be asleep when we were oh, doing... Oh, I can be asleep quite easily. But you, you, I you do it now. You retweeted...
6: Kelly Betts and I were busting our...
7: Yeah, I heard a bit. That was oh, quite... All right. I heard that she bit. Heard that was really <laughs> good. Right, well, anyway,
6: we had... Oh, I haven't got a cloth to clean this with. I don't oh, no. With my dirty hanky. We had... Um, we were playing vinyl all day. That's yeah. pretty much the content. We've decided... We're having a mutiny. That at some point in the future, when I can be bothered to sort it out, this show is going to be a vinyl-only zone. No compact discs, no MP3s, no computer-based things. It's all going to be... Records. Records. Kath, yeah?
7: Yeah, good luck with that.
6: Well, well, Kelly has found a room full of records.
7: Yeah, I mean, but
6: what records? Ackerbilk and Tommy Steele. Exactly. Literally Ackerbilk and Tommy Steele. But then she's rushed in with a few records that we can play. Woo! Uh, uh, but I've not got my cloth to clean them, so they might be a little bit scratchy. Let me find... OK,
8: well, we'll have to bear with, won't we? We
6: will... All right,
8: all right, Catherine. Are you going to... I'll commentate. He's just putting on the record... He's
7: He's got his concentration he, he tongue out. He really
8: has. <laughs> he's opened the fader for the record player. Oh. oh, there he goes. So it begins. I wonder what one he's gone for. Was it Shaka Khan?
6: Hey, we, have the, we have to do the end of the song before, because I can't cue it up properly. Oh. So... OK, so that's the end of the song before. Now, live... Oh, it's the song before.
7: They really did milk it, didn't they?
6: It's the 70s, isn't it? Drugs. I'm still. Can we wait. It's
7: like the last kid to clap in assembly.
6: Oh, that was I was good at that. Oh sh- David Bowie changes. Shut up. Shh, shh, sh- shh. Okay. Final mm-hmm. only 3CR.
9: Still don't know what I was waiting for, and my time was running wild, in million dead-end streets, and every time I thought i got it married, it seemed the taste was not so sweet, so I turned myself to face me, but I've never caught a glimpse of how the others must see the fake I'm much too fast to take that test and to change turn and face the strain Change Changes Turn and face the strange Change your changes Don't tell them to grow up on
6: Low levels. That's albums for you. Albums have famously have low levels. That's yes. albums for you. We'll be singles when we go full vinyl. Don't you worry about that, Catherine. Don't you worry. Go right Oh, wait, 459-455-555. Now, uh, on to more serious issues. As police continue to search for a missing Luton girl who was placed under a forced marriage protection order in December, campaigners want the law to get tougher on families who make their uh, young people marry against their will. 16-year-old Maria Nicolescu hasn't been at school since the start of last month and was officially reported missing on the 22nd of April. Well, we'll be speaking to Jasvinda Sanghera from Karma Nirvana later in the show. She believes criminalising forced marriage is the only way to stamp out the practice. Well, Catherine Boyle has been looking into this. Catherine, this has been brought to our attention by the disappearance of a local girl. How much more do we know about that?
7: Not an awful lot, and there's not an awful lot more the police can say either. They uh, were only able to release the information for this appeal after getting special permission from the courts. We know that Maria Nicolescu is 16 and was born in Dublin and although she is of a Romanian descent she often wears traditional Romanian dress so the headscarf, the long sleeves, long skirts she was placed under a forced marriage protection order in December and she hasn't been seen for over a month now and Bedfordshire police have a strong suspicion she's left the area with her family which be, would be in breach of the conditions of that protection order What
6: is a forced marriage protection order?
7: They were introduced in 2008 um, and it was after the high-profile case of Dr Humaira Aberdeen. She feared being forced into marriage and was held captive in Bangladesh by her parents. Her friends in the UK notified the British authorities, after which the High Court ordered her to return to the UK. You see, the thing is, the High Court in Bangladesh needs the consent of both parties to um, to allow a marriage to go go ahead. Mm. So they also ruled that she must be freed and this happened. Dr Aberdeen decided not to press charges against her parents but those orders came into force and they're now available to anyone who feels threatened with forced marriage or forced to marry against their will. They can apply for one. It needn't be that person directly though. It can be a third party such as a relative, friend, voluntary workers and police officers. They can also apply for a protection order but that would need to go through the court. Local authorities though have slightly different power. They can seek those protection orders for vulnerable adults and children without going
6: through courts. Oh, and what does it do?
7: It's supposed to restrict their movements, where they can be taken. Usually we're talking about stopping them being taken out of the country. And these FMPOs can also demand that perpetrators stop any intimidation, reveal the victim's location, and hand over passports, otherwise they could face imprisonment.
6: Some campaigners don't, don't think this goes far enough, though, do they? No,
7: and that's because anyone convicted of coercing someone to marry, in spite of one of these orders, could be jailed for up to two years. But there's no law in itself against forced marriage. And so it's not a criminal act yet it may well become one though as early as next month We've taught, we've done this before, haven't we, yeah. in
6: relation to uh, girls from Luton?
7: They, unfortunately, that's right. Last August, we spoke um, about this case. Bedfordshire police applied for the mother of a girl to be sent to prison for contempt of court. This was after the 16-year-old daughter was forced to marry despite one of these protection orders already being in place. And at the time, the judge, Justice Holman, said it was vital that these protection orders were given real teeth. So there's a real head of steam behind this one. This push to, to make it more, well, a criminal offence. You can't be more of a criminal offence. offence. It isn't one at the moment. It may be one this time next month. It seems
6: seems odd it's not a criminal offence to force someone to marry someone they don't want to marry. It seems... Well, I mean, as you say, it looks like that's probably going to change, but it seems odd that that's not already a criminal offence. Catherine, thank you very much. I'll see you in about 20 minutes for the papers. Well, you see me through the window in about two seconds. I um, I was doing a radio thing. Oh, right, okay, yeah, bye. Unbelievable. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. if you want to have your... Say on that. I know it's unlikely, but um, what's, what's your beef? Nothing. Okay. Uh, I know it's unlikely, but if that's a uh, touch of your life, you're more than welcome to give us a call wait four five nine four 555. What's your beef?
8: Um, I've just taken a call. Oh, yeah, go on. Um, and I said hello through Counties Radio. Uh, well
6: done, as you're supposed yep. to, yes.
8: And uh, I asked the person their name, we had a little chat, and this I said, Do you want to come on the radio for anything? And th- she said, No, I just needed to use up some credit. So that I could get (laughs) a new (laughs) sink
6: card. Happy to help, happy to help. And I said,
8: okay, have you used enough credit yet? And she went, yeah, I think so, thanks.
6: Gosh. Hey, listen. We're the BBC. We're, we can do anything. We can do any. It does. I'm gonna. Can I put in a request to the listeners? Sure. Stop phoning up my team just to have a chat. Because oh, lo- no, no no, 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 no. Because you, because you could be doing more important things like, I don't know, coffee and stuff. But the number you, you get so many people that phone up that make their point, make a really good point, and one of you says, "Oh, should I put you through to in?" Oh, no, I don't want to go on air.
7: Let's not stop them having a chat. But if they could declare their intentions at yes. the doors, that'd be helpful, not okay. after twenty minutes.
6: So if you, you you phone up, hello, BBC Three Counties can help you. Yes, I don't want to go on air, but
8: then we can stop listening at but.
6: Yeah, you go. Okay, so let, let's let's make that the rule of the day. Oh eight four five nine four double five, five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's the travel with Alice.
10: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a quiet start on the major routes so far. The M1 looking good in both directions and the same goes for the A1M. Got some roadworks to watch out for in Stevenage. On the A10, a lane is closed at the Ware turn-off. And also in High Wycombe, there are temporary traffic lights on Marlow Hill, just near to the leisure centre before you reach the Handy Cross roundabout. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: Thank you, Alice.
6: 615 Uh, Wednesday, the 7th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who is the subject of a forced marriage protection order. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. Jan Hansen is setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS. And in sport, Manchester City can move a step closer to regaining the title if they beat Aston Villa tonight in the football game.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. How about
12: a bit of murder and death,
6: particularly local murder and death from the 19th century? I mean one of the crimes in the book, I think there's a potential there for miscarriage of justice. Here until three o'clock this afternoon, more great music to come in the next two and a half hours. Every once in a while, I like a little bit of epic on this
12: programme. Nick Coffer. Today I'm just outside of Aylesbury at Stoke Mandeville. I'm at Hula, which is an animal rescue centre in the pediatrics ward of the L and D Hospital.
3: I'm in Stoke then Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: So yesterday we played a song by Paul Revere and the Raiders, a huge band in America in the 1960s. They meant nothing over here. Today we're playing a song by Paul Revere and the Raiders, a huge band in the 60s in America, but they meant nothing over here. When you hear songs like this, you wonder, why wasn't this a hit over here? This is awesome. You You wait. You wait.
13: Tell me I was all Everything you looked for in a man But I know that it's not true I've seen the way he looks at you And I think you're gonna hang me up again Share your love in with another man. And if you see things my way, could you let me know today? But well, if you decide it's I'll change my plan.
6: Out, yeah. yeah, it's very bouncy. It's bouncy, isn't it? They're bouncy. These are the fellas that dress up as soldiers from the American um, War of Independence, yeah, and then they bounce while they're playing. You think Lady Gaga dress is weird? Go and look up Paul Revere and the Raiders on YouTube. Man, those guys were nuts. What if they took drugs? No, no, when was the it? The 60s, no, 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 not in the 60s, no, never. Now, a group of people are getting together to push Bedford Hospital to be more open when it comes to complaints. The new local branch of the national campaign Cure the NHS is being set up by Jan Hansen, who joins me now. Morning, Jan. Good morning, Ian. Jan, what made you decide to
14: do this? Um, in the end, out of desperation. Um, I had a personal experience, my family had a personal experience, um... And it was such a negative experience and such a lack of help coming from the powers that be that um, we decided to get things done ourselves. Tell
6: me about that experience, Ian. What, what happened, if you don't mind?
14: Um, sadly, just over five years ago, my, um, my late mother was um, rushed into hospital. She'd been found um, collapsed uh, at a bungalow. Um, after basic tests, she was um, admitted to hospital and she stayed there for a period of 13 weeks. And I noticed from, from day one, I visited a couple of days after she'd been admitted. I actually live about an hour and a half away from the hospital. But family had been with my late mother all over the weekend. I visited on the Monday, and the first meal time that came around, um, my mother was not offered food. And bearing in mind she had been um, taken in because of malnutrition, I was quite shocked that that actually happened. And I watched over 13 weeks um, I kept a diary from day one, and I can't believe the number of negative um, experiences I personally...
6: Why wasn't she, why wasn't she offered food,
14: Jan? I never d- ever did get an answer for that. I, I you know, we, it, it was, everything was kept very polite. I approached the uh, the male nurse that was on the ward at the time, and I said, excuse me, but um, you haven't given my mother any food. And what uh, do- struck me was that um, his initial response was to look at a bit of paper... Um, because her name wasn't on the list, he said, "No, name's not on the list," and walked away. Wow! Gosh! And that—that that I, I was shocked by that because my my first uh, response would have been, "Wow, this this elderly lady. She's uh, she's she's really not very well. She's very weak, from, suffering from malnutrition. We've got to get some food into her."
6: So you you had that you had other instances uh, where you felt that you, that mum wasn't being treated uh, uh, well enough. I'm assuming you complained to the hospital, yeah What happened there?
14: Well, you know I've heard this time and time again. The problem, the position you're in, you know, when when the loved one is in hospital, you just want that loved one to get better and get out. And the last thing you want to do is to upset whoever is managing the ward. So you're trying to be very diplomatic, but you're trying to get things done. Now, often there are so, there's so many things going on in a ward, you don't want to Um, take people's attention away from what they're doing at that present time. So very diplomatically, um, I I spoke to various people within the hospital trying to make sure this didn't occur again and that she got um, her medic well, she was actually prescribed medication and I noticed very quickly that um, it wasn't actually being given.
6: So, so she's not getting food, she's not getting medication. I, I would have kicked up a stink, Jan. It sounds like you were far more polite than I would have been.
14: Well, Do you feel you were listened to at all? Not at all, no, no. And this is what I'm getting back from people over the last few years. People have been contacting me as I've had a little bit of publicity here and there. And the, But the bottom line is, pe- families feel as though they've been fobbed off. Hmm... And all thereafter, you know, these, these families, and that probably was my mistake, right at the very beginning when my my mother actually passed away, I contacted the, the management, and probably naively I said, look, I'm not interested in financial gain here. I don't want to make uh, a financial gain out of my mother's death. But these things should not be happening. I want to try and help and make sure these things don't happen to other people.
6: And what was the hospital's response to that?
14: Um, <laughs> well... We we, we had a meeting, I didn't realise it was going to be a meeting full of so many um, of the the healthcare professionals at at the hospital, Um, and it was very defensive, and it took three months, a quarter of a year, to actually receive a letter as a result of that meeting, and in this six page letter there were 42 errors which painted a totally different picture of what actually took place at this meeting.
6: Yang, you're setting up a a, a local branch of uh, Cure the NHS. What do you hope that will achieve?
14: Well, we we obviously need to get our information together. Um, I've already had quite a number of people who wish to have this meeting. Um, We've we've decided we're going to have a meeting, uh, an open meeting, and I I think beyond any doubt we can show that uh, management-wise people are burying their heads in the sand and they're, they're almost in denial that there has been and there's a problem there. So we're going to get our information together. We are having, we, we're having legal advice on the best way to proceed and we realise, you know, the odds are stacked against us. Just to give you an example, um, the mid-Staffordshire crisis, which was obviously the most major crisis this country's ever had, um, out of 13,000 written patient complaints, and it's quite... quite um, Qu- quite distressing, actually, right, putting these uh, written complaints together. You know, you have to go through everything on paper, you send it in to the, um, the healthcare ombudsman, and out of 13,000 written complaints, they only investigated 224.
6: Yeah, and final, final question, and I hope this doesn't come across as being insensitive, but, but there will be some people thinking
14: this. Is, is this about compensation this this has never entered my mind and as i said from day one i'm not interested the, the most important people in all of this are, the number one priority is the patient but very closely behind is the staff you know the staff are being neglected frontline staff and there needs to be systems put into place which are much more open and to actually support the frontline staff and they will give a much better service to the patients, and then it's a win-win situation.
6: Jan, yeah, thank you very much indeed. You uh, should, should just say that nobody from Bedford Hospital was available to comment until it's received written permission from Jan to talk about his mother, uh, his mother's treatment. 08459 oh, five, 455, double, 555 double, is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Or to be honest, if you just fancy having a chat and using up your credit, we're, we're the place to come to, it would t- turn out. We're your local BBC. Hang on. Yeah, there are spooky going-ons No, listen There are spooky going-ons Did you hear that? Did you hear that? What on earth is going on here? There are bangs, there are screams This is not... Um... Okay, I'll go and have a look
10: Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, the M1 London bound are starting to build up now between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport, Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Also the A5 northbound looking a little slow in Dunstable, just after the Luton Road as you head towards Houghton Regis. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who's the subject of a forced marriage protection order. 16-year-old Maria Nicolescu was placed under an order in December but was officially reported missing on April the 22nd. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. Jan Hansen is so unhappy with the treatment his mother and brother received from the hospital, he's setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS. And a government health adviser has said that social care agencies need to ensure their workers have a basic grasp of English before they're placed in vulnerable people's homes. Three Counties Sports.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: Manchester United beat Hull 3-1 last night with two goals from 18-year-old James Wilson on his debut, prompting this speech from interim manager Ryan Giggs.
15: You've seen a little glimpse of the future and this is what this club's about. We never stand still. We always give you a chance and we try and play attractive football. Sometimes we don't win, but we give it our all. So keep supporting us and the good times will come back soon.
1: Tonight, Manchester City can move a step closer to regaining the title if they beat Aston Villa at home. Victory for City would put them two points clear of Liverpool with one game to play. At the bottom, Sunderland host West Brom needing a point to virtually ensure survival and send Norwich down. Controversial plans for B teams of Premier League and Championship clubs will be considered by the FA today. One proposal is for these second teams to play in a league sandwiched between League Two and the Conference. Another option is to merge the B teams with League Two and the Conference to form two regional leagues. The top clubs want more competitive games for young players. Luton's managing director, Gary Sweet, is against the plans. It's
15: really hard to imagine how a number of clubs, however many that might be, can create a a, a B structure where it can be shoehorned effectively into, into the current pyramid system without really having cat- catastrophic um, consequences.
1: And cycling's first ever women's tour of Britain starts today. Tomorrow's stage finishes in Bedford and the cyclists race from Cheshunt to Wellingarden City on Saturday. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Simon, what's all the banging? All the what eh? Can you not hear the banging? No.
6: Oh, we get really because we're hearing. Loads oh, really? Of, there's loads of banging. Well, I'm cocooned
1: down away in my you know underground bunker here. Oh
6: yeah, of course. Well, if, if you hear any mm-hmm. and you can find its source, do let us know because it's very very loud. It sounded like it was coming from your area.
1: Oh right, it's not Justin trying to escape, is it? Ah, uh, that'll be it. That'll be
6: it. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Ba-an-ter. Speaking of banter, girls, um, you thought you could uh, scare me during the <laughs> news... that de- Sorry? What? Sorry. Mm-hmm. You thought you could scare me during the news there, and I think you'll find that failed pretty miserably.
7: Well, you did go arg. Isn't that normally what people do when they're scared? Yeah,
6: when they're pretending to be scared. Oh right,
7: okay, good. Firstly, pretending. we didn't
8: set set out to scare you. But hang on a minute. Hiding
6: hiding up. behind a door with a video no. camera, fil- a VHS video camera, filming me.
8: Firstly, we did go out to investigate the banging. Yes. Um, but we couldn't. We, we could hear it, but we thought, shall we follow it? And then we thought, no, let's make Ian jump because he'll come out during the news. He's so predictable. There's no show st- without a punch. He'll be straight there. out there. We stood there. We hit Wreck, <sighs> and waited.
6: And that's that. That's clever, is it?
8: Well, it's the best thing I've done today.
6: Yeah. This is the best thing I've done today. Woo! Play this fat bad boy. Oh, I love- Athens miming the drums a little bit too aggressive Outside
16: you hear the lingers in your ear but you can't forget from Sunday
6: Get, get Dealey up.
7: He's supposed to be coming on at 10, 2. Yeah,
6: exactly. That means he's got a good 20 minutes, 15 to minutes to um, mess around. It's him making the noise. Listen. Well, he's
7: got special powers. Listen.
6: If He has got special powers, including banging powers. If you can hear me, oh, spirit, bang the wall. Oh, maybe it's not Dealey, then. No, hang on a minute. How would that prove it was Justin or not? A ridiculous <laughs> position to be in. You
7: say ridiculous. Re- you say ridiculous, but um, how many series of Most Haunted were there? <laughs> Again.
6: <laughs> oh,
7: is that coming out on air?
6: Yeah, uh, yes, it must be. Can you hear that, Steve? I can hear that. You can hear I the banging. Justin, yeah, I think you got Justin locked in a cupboard. Uh, well, th- we've tried. He enjoys that a little <laughs> bit too much. Uh, I'm, I'm suspicious. Oxley, or as we like to call him, Mr. Oxley, uh, knows nothing about it. And I believe him. He's an honest, down to earth kind of guy. It's the news, he, he doesn't lie. He's the news, the news cannot lie. Hang on, we're the BBC, the news lies all the time. Uh, what? Uh, but Dealey, I don't trust Dealey in the slightest. That banging, stop now. Dealey's in the car. It's not Say that again, Kells.
8: Justin's in the car, it's not him.
6: He's not in this building?
8: No, he's outside, I can see him. Oh. Then what the <laughs> flipping heck is that? Good.
6: We oh, need. Come on. We need um, um, a goth or a ghost hunter or Duka a priest, Korra. a Catholic priest.
7: It's funny, isn't it? Right, you and I are logical people, yeah. but yeah. our first thought is oh. he's a ghost. You, do you remember those earthquakes we had? couple of years ago i missed the earthquake they shook my bed i'm not joking my bed was i woke up with my bed shaking but i say woke up i was half awake and my first thought was possessed why would that be my first thought
6: because you're 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 a simple girl at heart (laughs) and i mean that in the rude sense of the word thanks steve hello do you want to go through some of the papers with us yes why not okay front page of the sun halal secret of pizza express pizza express is a classy pizza joint is serving only halal chicken without telling customers. All 434 outlets use just meat from birds whose throats are slit while alive in line with Islamic law. But menus make no mention. It comes after some Subway's ditched bacon outlawed by Islam. Thoughts, Steve? It's another place I want me going to eat, then. Does it bother you... Does it bother you that much? Yes. I don't want to
17: eat halal meat, and, if you, and, and especially when they don't tell you they you're eating halal meat.
6: I mean, well, it's disgusting. Well, I, that's interesting. OK, f- because, listen, I am, I am new to the world of, of meat eating. I'm, <laughs> still, I'm still meeting. That's what I uh, say instead of meat eating. It saves time, although I have to explain it every time, and it extends the time inordinately. But I'm new to the world of meat eating. As far as I'm concerned, it, I, pfft, it's being killed. I'm not sure I'm that bothered by the way it's being killed. Yeah, but it's being killed slowly, isn't it? Not with
17: really
6: just a bullet through the head to kill it straight out. Well, the, um, I, I've heard a lot of discussion on this recently. Those, the, those who are fans of halal meat say that actually it's the more humane way to kill it. That once you uh, slit its throat, it, it, it's, no more signals are being sent to the brain. No, I think I'd rather have a bullet through my head than someone slit my throat. I, well, you put, Catherine, which would you prefer? a Bullet through the head or someone slit in the throat?
7: I mean, I'd rather neither, but if I had to... You had to, yeah. If they were holding scenario, a gun to your
6: head, which would you go for? Gone. Yeah, I think you're right. OK, OK. 08459 double five five double five. Uh, you got anything, else? I've got loads
7: here today. A couple have criticised Council Jobsworth after they were threatened with legal action for planting flowers outside their home.
18: Oh, what? Colin Halsey,
7: 77, and his wife Kath, 76, started cultivating the grass verge 15 years ago to stop motorists churning it up when they park. They spent £260 on daffodils, pansies, fuchsias and other plants. But a council official told them the gardening is a criminal offence because they planted without permission. Oh, dear. I've noticed some places where I live, um, the uh, gardens are starting, to creep over into, uh,
6: yeah. into what was just grass. I hate daffodils. Why? Pointless, pointless flowers. They're, they're all, jolly. No, they're not. They're jolly for about... Uh, they, they last for about 12 minutes and then they're gone and then that's it for the year and then they come up next to you go, I forgot there were daffodils. Ah, oh. hate them. Oh. You, you're with me on this one, aren't you, uh, Steve? Uh, I'm not, but the missus is. She hates yeah, daffodils. Rubbish. Hang on a second. Justin. Morning, boss. Where are you? Uh, I'm in the car park. Prove it.
12: Um, would you want me to to, to beat my horn? Yeah. Can you do that now? Is it 6.30? Yeah,
6: 6.41. (whistles) There you go. Okay, right now be quiet. I just heard another one. What, this banging? (laughs) is getting genuinely scared, aren't you, Kelly? I am,
8: because I'm in here on my own.
12: Come on, guys, come on. But what friendly ghost in the building... Um, our, our radio station was built on an old cemetery, and uh, there are ghosts in the building. Absolutely true. Years and years ago, God we're moving. On yes, Halloween. What? I had the Ghostbusters live in our studio oh. for a late night program, oh. and they did say to me, "In the basement, it's it's not where you are right now. We've got what three or floor four floors." Uh, three or four uh, floors. How I mean, was it? Three or what? four floors. We got, we've got three. three. Okay, we've got three floors. Is- in the basement, uh, there are ghosts down there.
7: I went on one of those walks as well. Hmm. We do it every now and again here.
6: Hmm. Uh... <laughs> she said, rolling her eyes.
7: <laughs> it was um, boring. There was nothing going on. Come on, there's yeah, no such they're... thing as ghosts.
12: They only come out to play when they want to. The S- Ghostbusters have been in right. what two times? We've got we've got a, we've got a, a
6: meltman on Steve. Mm. Steve? Hello. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever seen a ghost? Uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Oh, Steve! Oh, Steve come I on. You, you deliver cow juice. I thought you'd be the voice of science and reason. Well, I don't believe they're ghosts. I just think they're Man, people in a different dimension. Because <laughs> that, some, some, that, that doesn't sound even more mental, does it? <laughs> it's not ghosts. They're, they're people from different dimensions that are somehow crossed over. What did you see,
4: Steve?
17: Yes. Well, I come, in, I come in years ago and I lived in Plumstead down in Woolwich. I come in my house, and as I come in, because it's an old Victorian house, up the top of the stairs I see somebody walk across the top.
5: And so then when I went in the love. front
17: room... <laughs> There was nothing to nick. It wouldn't be a burglar. And when I went in the front of the room maybe it was in there. So, God knows who it was. I don't know.
7: Did you see it properly, or was it out of the corner of your eye?
6: No, it, it was full on. I was looking up the stairs, and I see this thing. Steve, it's obvious what that was. We're in a pot. It was someone from another dimension that somehow crossed over. That's what it was.
8: Why do they
7: love stairs so much, you ghosts?
17: They do love
6: stairs. They like they like sliding down a banister. We like all do.
7: I think you have a, like an eternal senior moment, and they're halfway up, thinking, "What on earth did
6: I <laughs> come up here for?" Steve, listen, thank you for that. Thank you for joining in. Oh um, eight four five nine four double five five double five.
7: If I was a ghost, I'd find better places to hang around, wouldn't you? What
6: then, Steve's house?
7: What
8: upstairs?
6: Yeah, I'd go to like Buckingham Palace.
8: Yeah,
6: I I'd go. Do. I'd go to the White House. I'd dress up. Yeah, I'd really freak people out. Totally. I wrong. don't think
8: this is a ghost. I think it's a person. Somebody you think it's is a murderer? Banging.
12: Yes, J- Justin. What were you saying? I was going to say, if you're a ghost, you can't go hanging around Buck House. You're a ghost from where what you God? come from. You can't. If if you're a ghost that that, that, that was here, <laughs> Hastings Street, Luton, many what many years God? ago, you you can't go hanging why, around elsewhere. Why can't you go somewhere else if you're a ghost? What's because the problem? Your spirit is where you came from. You can't go on a tour of the UK. <laughs>
19: <laughs> oh, There's a load of them yeah, on the bus. Absolutely,
12: of course. Absolutely. Come on, guys. Come
6: on. But surely, if you're a ghost, mm-hmm. you can walk through walls. Yeah. Then you can walk to, into Buckingham Palace, no,
12: house. You, you can walk through the walls of where your spirit came from. So, for example, the ghost this morning, which is in our building, uh, could have come <laughs> from the basement into your studio. I well,
6: love the me- fact that we're, we're actually having an argument with Justin, and he is convinced that it's a ghost. <laughs> it's, it's not even. That's not even up for debate Ghosts for him to exist. No, oh, ah. I'll just be there one day. No, absolutely the, true. Justin, go. Oh, for goodness' sake. Oh, eight four five. Five nine four double five is. five double five. Can we get some rational people to back me up? Ghosts do not exist, Kelly. I
8: know what it is. Yes, it's uh, approaching summer. Yeah. I think they've they've put the aircon on and the system's just
12: having there a breakdown. The other go. night, something weird happened to me.
6: Oh. <laughs> something weird. <laughs> Is this, was this the same <laughs> night the next morning you had to make yourself throw up to get rid of your hangover? No, no, it wasn't that. This it was a different a night. A
12: different evening. I was um, driving over a roundabout. what's at about uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday evening, oh, going spooky. to get a Kentucky Fried Chicken, Yeah. and um, <laughs> suddenly... I, I
6: <laughs> 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 the
12: colonel came and haunted you. <laughs> oh, the colonel. You're such a bad boy, but I like you. So, um, I'm going over this roundabout, <laughs> and um, I feel like I've actually hit somebody... And, and the bang on the car is so, so strong and um, there's nothing there And I, I've gone back oh. round and round about to check again So you're not, sorry, you you thought. ran over a cat and what? No, no cat, no, no. talk, no nothing But a, a large bang, such a, a big bang Such a big jolt That I got out and I thought There's going to be a new dent in my new car yeah. Absolutely nothing wow. there
6: at all Gosh, if ever there was proof needed That ghosts actually exist That wasn't some, the some proof weird A things mystery bang there. Justin will speak to in a bit <laughs> Justin Dealey having a mystery bang <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Oh, eight
10: four five five four five five double five, five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise slow now between junction twenty-one for the M1 and twenty for Kings Langley. Also starting to build up between junction seventeen for Maple Cross and sixteen for the M40. The M1 London bound quite slow around Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur. Then also on the speed sensors, the A1M southbound heavy going around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice,
6: you don't buy into all this ghost nonsense, no, do you? No, I don't. You're very sensible and scientific.
5: Extremely sensible.
6: OK, thank you, Alice. X at the last. The voice of reason. Back me up, listener, please. 6.46, it's Wednesday the 7th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened Those police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who is the subject of a forced marriage protection order. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. Jan Hansen is setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS. And in sport, Manchester City can move a step closer to regaining the title if they beat Aston Villa tonight Let's get the weather from very scientific Kate Kinsella
3: Beds, hearts and bucks weather BBC
10: Three Counties Radio
20: Good morning. It's another rather unsettled day of weather today, a mixture of sunny spells and scattered showers, but it is accompanied by quite a strong westerly, southwesterly breeze, so any showers we do get will blow through quite quickly. Now, later on this afternoon, these showers are going to become more frequent, and we could get one or two potentially really heavy ones with a rumble or two of thunder mixed in there as well, so something to be aware of, but like I said, that breeze is going to push those through relatively quickly, so they won't last for too long. We will get some sunny spells between them as well, which means the temperature temperature gradually starting to rise. We're looking at a maximum of around 17 Celsius later on this afternoon. Overnight tonight, we will still go have some showers, but they will become a little less frequent through the middle part of the night. Then we'll get a few bits of light rain, some outbreaks of rain towards dawn tomorrow morning. But all the clouds that we get and also the breeze that we hang on to, and the rain keeps things relatively mild, 9, 10 Celsius, many of us, many of us staying in double figures overnight tonight. For Thursday, it's a rather grey day, much cloudier, outbreaks of rain, and they're going to turn persistent and heavier through tomorrow afternoon and we've still got that breeze so on the whole for Thursday rather wet and rather windy that's your forecast.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's all about open skies, lines of wonderful boulevard trees. Inviting everyone to where you
21: live. As a whole, it's a lovely place to live. Everything you need under one roof, yeah. Just a useful, friendly place. Everything you need on your doorstep. It's just nice. It's nice for going for walks and things like that.
3: And all this week, we're featuring Milton Keynes.
20: Yeah, I live in Milton Keynes, work in Milton Keynes.
3: If you've got a story everyone should hear about... let us tell them about it. We're not far from anything green, really, if you think about it. The big tour of beds, hearts and
6: bucks. It's a Sounds place fun.
1: where you yeah. can learn and you can do anything in the world.
3: Milton Keynes, is a lovely... Can't,
6: can't travel through message. time. BBC Three Counties can't Radio. Can't go to NASA. You can't uh, visit Disneyland there. I mean, it's a great place, but you can't do anything in the world. Uh, j- uh, quick update on the ghost. Um, Kelly Betts has gone to investigate, but she's got Justin to come in with her
13: because she's scared. <laughs> oh, she's
18: my scared.
6: Goodness. They're in the other studio having a look. At, look at Justin walking around. Imagine if Justin <laughs> actually saw a ghost. And we know he has a, he's had a mysterious bang um, recently. Um, but imagine if he saw a ghost. He, would, I mean, he gets scared when you pounce up on him. <laughs> if a ghost pounced up. Yeah,
7: but the way he hid it. In a manly
6: fashion. He's not do a karate Ste- Here's steady a story. Calf. Total cock-up. Oh. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Total cock-up. Docs give patient a vasectomy by mistake. That that does that actually mean... A surgeon has been suspended after a patient was mistakenly given a vasectomy. The victim, who's not been named, was supposed to be having a routine operation for a urinary infection. The patient is now waiting to discover if he'll ever be able to have children. God, imagine that. You wake up. Has my, um, has my urine infection gone? It, it's still a bit sore when I pee. Oh, you were the urine infection guy. I'm so sorry. You won't be having any more children. Oh dear. And then can I get one more? There's a sexy story here in the same page. Smoking hot Ellie. It's a picture of uh, Ellie Goulding smoking a, f- a cigarette. Sexy Ellie Goulding lights up a holiday beach by flashing an eye full of side boob as she smokes a cigarette. The singer, 27, relaxed in a daring cosy on a Miami beach during a break on the US leg of her tour. She later wore a white bikini top and shorts and held a drink in a whiskey tumbler. That may have been another Miami vice, but she still looked Miami nice. Do
7: you want the translation for that? Yeah. Girl in cosy smokes fag.
6: <laughs> why would they put that in the papers? It's not a sexy photo, is that... Why,
7: why, no, it's a girl why? with no makeup on, having a fag on a beach. I mean, if that's sexy... They're doing that now, aren't yeah,
6: they? Yeah, they're doing that because it's a different bang altogether. We know you're doing it, idiots. Nearly stopped now, they've grown up. Go on, what else have you got? Interest
7: sparked by celebrity trials means British courts will be televised live within five years. Oh,
6: baby, baby, baby! Former
7: Director of Public Prosecutions Keir Starmer predicted yesterday... Again, special powers. Coverage of foreign trials such as those of Oscar Pistorius. By the way, is anyone watching that?
6: No one watches it. But we, uh, we, uh, Sky are going crazy for the coverage. I it? and
7: it's just so horrible. It's just, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it distances us from what actually happened yeah. in a way because it, we're watching, we all become experts and it's just, it's horrible.
6: It's like Judge Judy. Coverage- oh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, I'm not going to have you not judge Judy. I love Judge
7: Judy, but there's a comical element, Judge Judy, that should not be brought into a serious. I mean, uh, that's unho- a horrible cry that's gone on there and everyone's taking the mickey out of you're, how he does his crying and stuff.
6: You're talking about um, Bert on Judge Judy, who's her, her sidekick. I love Judge Judy. Judge Judy is awesome. Did you see the episode? And it's brilliant. It was Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols was on there. No. It's, I'll find it on YouTube. It's so good. It's Johnny Rotten being sued by a drummer from his band for being unpaid. And he's there as Johnny Rotten. And he's being all cocky and stuff. John Lydon. He's being all cocky. And Judge Judy tells him to shut up. He's like, yeah, all right. Sorry, all right. And he's—he's—it's he's, so good.
7: She is. She's like a kind of strict mum. Yeah. With a gavel. Yeah, yeah.
6: Oh, She's what we all need. Yes.
7: So yeah, and cameras in court within five years. I think that would be a—I think that'd be a shame.
6: I think it'd be a great idea. I want to see more of that, please.
7: No, and I also think that criminals should be frightened of what's going to happen. You know, the part of that—the mystery surrounding it—is you know what gives it the gravitas. Yeah. And I don't think they should be putting cameras in there.
6: Uh, uh, Kels, did you find anything? Any ghosts? Mm-hmm. Any ghosts?
8: No, I'm not looking for a ghost, I'm looking for a mental madman.
6: Okay! Hey, what's that fella that's out and about at the moment, the skullcracker? Don't joke. No, don't joke. Hey, here's an idea. If you've got someone who's called the Skullcracker, let's not let him out on day release. I would I would suggest probably best not to let him out on day yeah. release.
7: Fluffy and tufty. <laughs> <laughs> Those go. Guys,
6: you go out and have some fun. Skullcracker, no, I think we'll keep you in. Should we play a song?
7: Yeah, go on. This is
6: my favourite Beatles song of all time. It's about Paul McCartney's dog. Oh. Sorry? Really? This is your favourite? I love it, Martha, my dear. It's awesome. What's your beef? You got beef? Oh, come on. Oh, for goodness sakes. Are you, what's happening?
12: Morning, boss. I'm uh, live in the building. I'd say um, hello to Dave, first of all, who was uh, out the front of the building saying, I hope you find the ghost. Um, I'm down in the basement right now, and I can actually confirm, hand on heart, I promise you, this banging noise that you're talking about is coming from the basement where we have uh, proof that ghosts to exist.
6: So I'm just saying. <laughs> What, what proof have you got that ghosts exist? Well, we have the Ghostbusters in with their equipment. <laughs> the Ghostbusters and, uh... in with their equipment! <laughs> the thing is, he believes this! <laughs> what equipment did they have? Did they have the flashing thing and the thing with the meter?
12: Yeah, the hell the meters. Yeah, uh, they was, get uh, those very... from Maplins. No, it was going very, very hot, very, very cold. And we have proof that the ghosts do exist. At the moment, yes. you know, the banging has stopped. But when I came down these stairs, yeah. I'll be honest with you... I didn't actually go into the basement because I was actually scared. When I came down the stairs, the door here, the door to the basement... The door was to the It was, was shaking. It yeah. was shaking. And yeah. it was making such a loud noise. I've never, ever seen that before. So I ran upstairs and tried to use you as a bit of a safety blanket. Don't know why I was thinking that, but, but I was going through a, a bizarre situation.
6: I'm, I'm assuming, uh, of course, uh, Justin, being a BBC reporter, you filmed the door shaking. Well, no, no. Ah, I ah, I, ah, I came ah, came downstairs, ah, I
12: came downstairs just to investigate, to have a quick look. Uh, Telly Betts, um, your producer, wouldn't come with me today. So when I came down the stairs, I heard the noise and a door was moving and I just ran. There there was no time to to call the Ghostbusters. (laughs) Stop going
6: about the Ghostbusters!
12: (laughs) Or no time to get a video recorder out, VHS style. I just ran up the stairs. This, I can tell you right now, is genuinely quite scary.
6: He's doing his voice when he, does, when he does a serious report Sincere voice no, seriously, seriously, Ian The banging hasn't happened right for a while They've yeah, got I'm what they wanted and
8: I'm thinking it is the pipes They've put the aircon on
6: The aircon's <sighs> always on Well yeah.
12: what, Why, why would the door shake? I think, you know, I haven't experienced this before For, for some reason, the ghosts here have got a bit egotistical yeah. And they're looking for some sort of name check on the radio this morning
6: Okay well, do, and, 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 do, Remind us, Justin, you've recently had uh, a mysterious bang in your car on Friday night, didn't you?
15: Uh, yes,
12: yes, I thought I, I hit something, it was um, a loud bang, got out of the car thinking, oh dear, my new car's going to have a big dent, nothing there, went round around about three or four times to check for, for a human being or some sort of animal, a human and being. There, there was nothing there
6: at all, you, you explain that to me, you explain that.
13: Oh, I was at Five Live at the weekend.
6: <laughs> anyway, Justin, thanks very much for that. Cheers, Bob. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. They don't exist, for
3: goodness' sakes. Cues
10: for beds, cards, and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, there are queues between junction twenty-one for the M1 and twenty for Kings Langley. Also got queues building up between junction seventeen for Maple Cross and sixteen for the M40. The M1 London-bound, heavy going in patches between Junction 12 for Dunstable and 7 for Hemel-Hempstead. And looking on the speed sensors in Hitchin, the A505 heavy going as you head towards the centre of town. Public transport, all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Alice, thank you very much indeed. Well, let's allow some normality to uh, return. Although I I guarantee you, Dealey is buying all of that ghost bullshine. Really is. I don't buy a word of it. Nonsense. Okay, coming up, we'll be talking about forced marriages. We'll be talking about uh, Bedford Hospital and whatever you fancy. Let's get the news now with Simon. Local and vocal
3: across beds, hearts and bucks.
10: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's seven o'clock. The headlines calls to strengthen the law on forced marriages. Campaigner wants greater transparency at Bedford Hospital and government advisor says care workers should speak better English. BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who's the subject of a forced marriage protection order. 16-year-old Maria Nicolescu was placed under an order in December but hasn't been at school since the start of last Month and was officially reported missing on April the 22nd. She is of Romanian descent. It's thought she may have left the area with her family, which is forbidden under the protection order. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. Jan Hansen is so unhappy with the treatment his mother and brother received from the hospital, he's setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS.
14: I've already had quite a number of people who wish to have this meeting, um, We've we've decided we're going to have a meeting, an open meeting, and I I think beyond any doubt we can show that uh, management-wise, people are burying their heads in the sand, and they're, they're almost in denial that there has been, and there's a problem
1: there. A government health advisor has said that social care agencies need to ensure that their workers have a basic grasp of English before they're placed in vulnerable people's homes. Dr. Shireen Hussein says poor language skills could lead to bad care and abuse.
2: Sometimes because of uh, problems with communications things can escalate and can either result in uh, bad treatments for both parties. So we have Uh, incidents of care workers um, being treated badly Uh, and we also see service users feeling that they haven't been treated properly, they haven't been understood.
1: Plans which could result in the closure of three middle schools in Dunstable will be discussed by councillors today. A consultation paper says no viable alternative options have been found to the plans to close Ashton, Brewers Hill and Streetfield schools due to falling numbers. The Court of Appeal has heard that clearer guidance is needed about do not resuscitate orders. It's considering the case of 63-year-old Janet Tracy from Ware in Hertfordshire, who had lung cancer and was taken to hospital after a car crash in Abbotts Langley, years ago her family say they were not consulted when a dnr notice was put on her records our reporter louise hubble says the key argument concerns her human rights
3: one of the the main um, pillars of the of the family's case appears to be that mrs tracy's human rights were breached um, the court has been told under article 8 mrs tracy should have been consulted because it states that a person has the right to choose how you pass the closing moments of your life.
1: In sport, Manchester United beat Hull 3-1 last night. Tonight, Manchester City can move a step closer to regaining the title if they beat Aston Villa at home. The weather mainly dry and sunny this morning. Scattered showers this afternoon, which could be heavy in places. A maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties
3: BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. We moved here when we were children were younger and that and we put them through schooling here and that. It's all about where you live.
20: It's a developing city so you see it now but you know in a few years time it could be bigger, it could be better.
3: And all this week we're featuring Milton Keynes. Everything you need under one roof yeah.
22: It's a nice place to have a shopping spree, you know, have a walk around. The Big Tour.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't think you people are taking the ghost stuff seriously enough. We've had um, Mike on uh, Twitter says... <laughs> oh, dear. I feel another rubbish show with the people with their fake equipment popping up on 3CR yet again. <laughs> Those guys won't be here, don't worry. i my watch, my friend. Yeah. No. Dave in Mallorca, 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 but it's got two, two L's. Yeah, Mallorca. How would that be? A, that's a L.
8: No, it's an L-Y. It, it, it's a double L, so it's pronounced
6: W. <laughs> Mallorca. Dave in Mallorca says, Ian, there's only one way to trace the source of the mysterious knocking. You, st- <laughs> you stay in the well-lit studio with the gun and split the girls up. One to the dusty attic with the creaky floor. The other down to the damp basement with the dripping water and the slight echo. It's the only way. Girls, off you go.
8: I've I've investigated. And they're they're building outside. I've
7: also had a slightly spooky text. Yeah. Um anonymous. Oh. Um Kelly is so sweet that she should have the end of her nose pressed affectionately and softly, as I'm sure her boyfriend does regularly.
6: Oh no! Pressed against what? Lots coming up on the show this morning. As always, keen to get your thoughts, calls for forced marriage crackdown, calls for greater transparency in the NHS, and your calls on whatever you fancy, to be honest.
3: Across beds, hearts, and bugs.
10: This is BBC. It Three does. Counties
6: Radio. Oh, sorry, guys. Why does, he, why does he say hards? That guy says hards. Who is that guy? And why he does he.
8: Bugs as well.
6: Beds, hearts, and bugs. Yeah. Well, who is that guy? I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Hey, listen, if you're listening this morning, fella, well done, great work. But Beds, Hards and Bugs, really? Maybe That's... that it was spelt wrong when they gave
8: it to him. Could
6: be, and then, in which case it's not his fault.
8: Mike's. Mike's Mike! Fault.
6: Mike! <laughs> no, I read stuff that Mike gives me, and Mike's uh, spelling is excellent. He's an excellent spellist. He really is. So I don't blame Mike, I blame that guy. Beds, Hards and bugs. And also, if you're given a bit of paper for three counties radio, and it said beds, Hards and bugs, you go. So sorry, does this mean it says beds, Hards and bugs? Just
20: read it, Buster. Is hey, what they say in Hollywood. You're listening
6: to beds, hearts, and bugs. I don't know. Um, I'm t- disappointed by the number of people, including Justin Dealy, a man I have almost no respect for, uh, who believe in ghosts and spirits and otherworldly things. It's all it's all nonsense, guys. It don't happen. There's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as poltergeists. It's always, I'm afraid... Hey, listen, w- once you die, that's it. Oh, eight four five nine four, double five, five, two, five. I want to do slightly more serious things. Nine months after a judge said forced marriage protection order orders needed more teeth, it's feared another girl from Luton has been spirited away by her family. Last August, Bedfordshire Police applied for the mother of a girl to be sent to prison for contempt of court after her 16-year-old daughter was forced to marry, despite an FMPO. Well, now police are trying to trace another teenager, 16-year-old Maria Nicolescu, who's been missing for a month. She's been subject to one of these orders in December. Colgit Lally is a solicitor and luton and deals with cases of forced marriage. Morning, Colgit.
23: Morning, Ian.
6: How common is this?
23: Um, One thing that I'd like to say from the outset is I do believe the law as it exists is perfect. It's about the courts and the judges implementing the law. And I believe that's where the feeling is. Uh, I don't believe that um, forced marriages should be criminalised simply for the fact that it's another pressure on this young person. To criminalize your family is is another horrific thought. Who is going to be the breadwinner? Somebody may lose their job um, there 's other siblings to worry about so criminalizing I know that a lot of authorities are in favor of it, but I do believe. With the victims that I've spoken to, it's another pressure on the the young person.
6: Do you think if it was if it was made illegal, then that um, the the victim would be more reluctant to go to the authorities?
23: Absolutely, I do believe that. And um, they've already got so many pressures: being ostracised from their family and community, and then on top of that, criminalising their family. I I strongly believe that criminalising it would be a big mistake. I do believe that the law is very um, clean-cut
6: at the moment. It's not working, though, is it? Because these forced marriage protection orders, they don't seem to be worth the paper that they're printed on.
23: Well, that's just the problem. It's about the courts and the judges implementing those. There are sanctions, and those sanctions should be met by people that... are are, are not abiding by these orders. But
6: But if one of the sanctions is you're not allowed to move out of the area and then a family moves out of the area, what's the court supposed to do?
23: Well, exactly that. If you're not allowed to move out of the area, there should be a part of the order that says you're not allowed to move out of the area. I think now, there is
6: there is, there is a part of the order, isn't there, in these things that says yeah. you're not allowed to move out of the area. But, but if the family ignores that and goes off to wherever, wherever they go in the world, then it's not working, is it?
23: Well, it's not working because the courts aren't enforcing that.
6: Well, what is that- the what is the college, co- co- So I'm I'm missing something. Maybe I'm not explaining it properly. What, what is the court supposed to do if they say to a family you have uh, a forced marriage protection order, you are not allowed to move, and well, if the family the- then moves, what is the court supposed to do? How is the court supposed to enforce that more?
23: Well, the the sanction is if you break a forced marriage protection order, you ...can ultimately have two years' imprisonment.
6: OK, well, so that's so in place... why the- isn't
23: that... Why is that not happening, is the question.
6: Well, because the families are disappearing and they, they can't be found. Well, there should be means to find them. Well, no, 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 but uh, hang on, it should... Yes, there should be means to find them, but if people who have got forced marriage protection orders on them are disobeying them, it proves they don't work. Now, you came on, and first thing you said was, I think the law is perfect as it stands. Well, you've just argued yourself out of that position. It's obviously imperfect.
23: It's imperfect because of the, the... The other thing I said when I first came on was
6: that the courts and the judges aren't enforcing the order. I don't understand, Colge. If a family has been given an order and told, you cannot move out of the area, and then they move out of the area, so what, is the court, what is the court supposed to do?
23: I, I do believe that there's a fault there. There is a massive fault. Well, you came on so and said it was example, perfect at the start. Uh, no. Yeah, if you there did. Is, <laughs> I, the, the thing I'm saying is that the law, the way it has been written, is perfect.
6: But it's but know The the courts aren't enforcing it. They are enforcing it, Colgate. They have told they have told families you cannot move out of the area. Okay, families then move out of the area. What more can the court do? Yes, that when they find them, no doubt they'll arrest people. But what more can they do?
23: That's exactly what I want them to do is um, arrest them. But it's not being done.
6: You want so you want them? Let me just get this straight. You want the court to enforce? The, to, to put a forced marriage protection order on a family, which says you cannot move out of the area, then if and when that family moves out of the area, you want the court to find them and arrest them. That's what you want, is it? Absolutely, yes. That's that's um, a, a crazy way of thinking. It, it shows that it shows that the system we've got at the moment doesn't work. It shows that people are disobeying the order and the rules of the order. So surely, obviously, we need to have something a little bit stricter and stronger.
23: Oh, you see, um, I'm being misinterpreted. I feel that the I've given you quite a few chances al- to
6: explain it. Try again. The,
23: the sanctions that are already in place should be implemented. How? If those people are found, like I said, they should be arrested.
6: So no, you're not being misinterpreted because we we've, we've got that. But it shows that the order isn't working. If people are disobeying the rules of the order, it shows that doesn't work. But why aren't
23: those people being brought to
6: justice? Well, they are when they're found in court. But, but the order is, and as a solicitor, I'm sure you can understand this, the order is you do not leave the area. People are disobeying that order. So that proves that orders do not work. Now, if the court then goes and finds them and arrests them, that's great. I mean, more extra money, extra work, but that, that, that's great. But the, the fact that people are disobeying the order proves, obviously, that the order doesn't work.
24: So
23: criminalising it, um, do you honestly think that um, people will still disregard the order? Sorry. To criminalise forced marriages, do you believe that the people will still disregard the order? No. Well, exactly. It's up to the courts and the judges (laughs) to implement the law as it is.
6: No, but if they're criminalised, they'll be under arrest.
23: Well, there's already means, there's a power of arrest attached to a forced marriage protection order. So if you break it, you will be arrested.
6: But then you have to go and find them and track them down, and they could be anywhere in the world.
23: But, again, criminalising forced marriages, you'd have to do exactly the same process.
6: No, but if, if, if we made it so that if, uh, if I go up to the police and say, look, my mum and dad, have uh, they want me to go to whatever country uh, and get married to someone I've never met against my will, then if the police had the powers to go and question my mum and dad and then arrest them, then they wouldn't be able to abscond with me, would they?
23: But that's already in place. If you get a forced marriage protection order and then you try to break that order, oh, cold, you cold. will be arrested.
6: But then we have... Uh, I, I, but then, cold, then we have the extra um, hassle of trying to find them. Which you would if it was criminalised as well. Why do we have to wait for them to break the order? Why do we have to wait for them to break the order when they, uh, they are already doing something wrong? Do you not think, Colgit, that we have a moral responsibility? Let's move away from this, because we're going around in circles. Uh, yeah. Yeah, tell me <laughs> about agree. it. Yeah, tell me about it. You're a solicitor, <laughs> uh, and I'm just a presenter, and I'm confused. Right. Do we not have a moral obligation to protect young girls? Young um. girls who are being uh, uh, abused in as much as they are being forced to marry against their will. It seems crazy to me that that is not illegal. We protect our children and our young women.
23: Absolutely, yes, I do. I I do believe we have a moral obligation, and that's why I believe that the civil courts are better to deal with it.
6: Colgit, uh, we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much, indeed. If you missed that, if you just tuned in, that'll be in the podcast. Colgit Lally, a solicitor in Luton and deals with cases of forced marriage. Maybe I wasn't making myself clear. It's 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 very early on a Wednesday morning. It's not always to be clear on a Wednesday. Or maybe... I don't know. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with Alice.
10: Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 is heavy going as you head towards the M25. And also in Bricketwood we've got queues on the north orbital at the junction 21A roundabout. Then on the M25 itself, anti-clockwise carriageway queuing between junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for King's Langley. Also, the M1 London-bound heavy in Platches between Junction 12 for Dunstable and 7 for Hemel-Hempstead. Public transport still looking good. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.16.
6: It's Wednesday the 7th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who is the subject of a forced marriage protection order. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. And a government health advisor has said that social care agencies need to ensure that their workers have a basic grasp of English before they're placed in vulnerable people's homes
3: BBC Three Counties Radio
20: Ever wondered what it takes to become a sports reporter?
16: Winters gets the goal for Oxford City it was a lovely touch by Darren Bondy
20: The BBC's kickoff trainee scheme can give you the chance to find out You could be joining our local sports teams working two days a week over an eight-week summer placement. You'll record reports and interviews, research stories and write for our sports websites. You're
6: guaranteed league football next season and it was a terrific performance.
20: There are places all over England, but competition will be tough. All the details and terms and conditions are online at bbc.co.uk forward slash careers. Final whistle for applications, Sunday the 11th of May. The BBC kickoff scheme. If you want to work in sports broadcasting, there's
3: all to play for.
6: Um. <laughs> Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What do you have on whinge about today? Uh, one of the
22: stories you've just been talking about. Yeah. I, ju- I strongly believe that if you made uh, false marriages, a kidnapping offence, then. Uh, that would stop it in its tracks. I
6: don't understand head how of it's household. I don't understand how it's not illegal to force a 16-year-old girl to marry someone she doesn't want to marry. How is that not illegal?
22: Well, uh, well it totally should be. It's a horrendous uh, offense.
6: It's awful. It's abuse. And it's it, family and, and parents and abusing it, and, a child.
22: Yeah, and if they made the head of household uh, uh made it a kidnapping offence against the head of the household, that would, I think that would put a stop to
6: it. it it's looking like it is going to become, uh, the, the laws are certainly going to be tightened in the next few months and we'll be speaking to a campaigner later on, Peter, who, who, who thinks that that should certainly be the case. I was surprised by that conversation with the, um, the uh, solicitor.
22: Yeah, yeah. Well, so was I. Well, no, not not altogether. Yeah, not altogether. Because I I I see some of the things that's happening in the courts, and I think some of them are are so strange. Uh, they're they're out of the normal man
6: in the streets thinking. Some people are. Some people in the court system are out of touch with reality. Oh, quite. Peter, can I ask you a question? Yeah, <clears> sure. Are you slumming it a bit today? Am I slumming it? Are you slumming it a bit? No why? Why why talking to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slumming a little bit to coming on to talk to Ian Lee on three C R. To the when? To Ian Lee? Uh, yeah, well no, not really. I I, no. I
22: I find you let's put it this way, you're yeah. not as stupid as you try to make no, out.
6: I'm not as green as I'm cabbage looking. <laughs> let's put it this way, Peter. Yep. Yeah. I listen to the radio at the weekend. Oh, did you? Listen to uh, the radio at the at uh, the weekend, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on... I do from time to time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it keeps your brain ticking over. It does keep your brain ticking over, doesn't it? I was very, very surprised to hear on Radio 4... Yeah. Oh yes! Oh yes! Oh! oh yes. And oh, now, quite. and now let's go to our next caller. It's Peter in warmer Green. Yes, yes, uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, well, well, busted, well. busted, Peter. You've been busted. You're seeing another radio station behind our back.
22: Well, I'm talking to the gentry there.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I got very excited. I, I texted <laughs> Kath. I said, oh, Peter and Warmer Green's on Radio 4. Yeah, I was thinking of coming to visit one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter, it was nice to hear you. Don't, don't go phoning other radio stations again, all right? Oh, I speak on the LBC too. Oh, not those <laughs> losers. Five lines. Oh, Peter, oh, go. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Peter, go away. Oh, dear. What, what a tart. What a, can you believe that? What a tart. I feel so used. I feel terrible. Absolutely terrible. I, I, he, he was banging on about what he always bangs on, on on Radio 4, but he phones up those losers at LBC. Is that station still going? Probably phones up Ian Dale or someone.
8: I'd love to see his phone book, but it's all, all ours.
6: <laughs> Radio One, stations. Two, three, oh, bless him. Peter and Walmore Green. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 four double five five double five. Uh, a text... Uh, from math in Hanslope on um, arranged marriages in connection with forced, mar- uh, forced marriages sorry in connection with forced marriages maybe the perpetrators should also be charged as an accomplice to rape it does seem incredible to me incredible that it is not illegal to force your daughter to marry someone she doesn't want to marry now the trick here is how do you, you prove it okay well the, yeah but it seems incredible that that's not illegal And the solicitor we just spoke to, first thing she said was, I think the law's perfect. And then when the imperfections in the law were pointed out, argued that the courts needed to do more. Well, hang on. If you want to have your say on that, 08459 455555. Now, a new branch of a national campaign group is being set up by a group of people unhappy with treatment they and their families received at Bedford Hospital. From next week, Cure the NHS will have a base in the town and is vowing to push the hospital to be more open when it comes to complaints. They're consulting solicitor Emma Jones from Clinical Negligence Lawyers Lee Day. Morning, Emma. Morning. What uh, brings you to work with Cure the NHS Bedford? Um,
19: Well, we were heavily involved with um, Cure the NHS, which was set up by Julie and Ken that looked into what happened at Stafford. And we've been involved with other cure organisations. And so I think Jan spoke with us because of our involvement with cure organisations in the past.
6: Um, you're not suggesting that the situation in Bedford is, is as bad as uh, mid-staffs, are you?
19: No, not at all, or, or not from the evidence that, that we've seen. Um, what we have seen is that there are people giving us accounts of their loved ones or themselves receiving treatment that, it, that, that is seen to be substandard and they're just asking us what can we do, how can we make our
6: voices heard. And what will you be doing to help them Emma?
19: One of the things that we found with working with other um, cure groups is that the community voice is a voice that's much stronger than the individual voices and basically it brings the issues hopefully to the attention of those in charge and those that are uh, are facing the issues on a day to day basis at, at ground staff level. And how do you do that? We meet with people. People share their um, experiences. They may be complaining um, as individuals. We enable them to complain and put complaints forward uh, as a group. And we can assist with identifying similar issues that might have arisen during a num- uh, in a number of the cases, possibly during the same time period, possibly on the same wards.
6: So is there an element of compensation in this?
19: If the person is a patient, or their loved one has been a patient, and they have suffered treatment that is so poor it's considered substandard, and in some cases we would argue has breached that person's human rights, then yes, there could be an element of compensation to award them for the injuries that they
6: suffered whilst they were a patient. And so how is this working for you? Are you being paid a flat fee, or are you kind of um, just waiting until you find some cases that you, you can take to court?
15: We
19: would act on a, a, a no-win, no-fear agreement, which is basically, if, if we would investigate the claim, if there is nothing in the claim, or if, if it's uh, an account that's not suitable for litigation, we would advise that person, um, and if the claim is suitable, then, then we would advise the individual accordingly.
6: Because there, there will be some people, Emma, who are uh, 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 surprised that this isn't a completely altruistic uh, effort on your part, and that you're there, ultimately, to make money. It's
19: about what people in the community want. If people for
6: them, obviously, but but for for you from the clinical clinical negligence lawyers, it's about money, isn't it?
19: It's about enabling people to have the experience that we've gained over working with cure groups in the past to ensure, hopefully, to ensure that they, they get the answers that they that they need.
6: And you get you get money if we're successful. But there, there might be some people listening who think it's a little bit um, unfair and uh, uh, a little bit, I can't think of quite the right word, but, but it's slightly distasteful for a, a clima- clinical negligence lawyers to kind of be sniffing around a group of people that um, are, are quite vulnerable, are, are quite upset with the intent of making money.
19: We were approached and asked if we could help. We have the necessary experience to provide help to individuals that would like help. Um, and if they want help, they can, they can contact us. If they don't want help, they don't have to contact us.
6: Is this going to be just one big compensation claim on an already um, cash-struck hospital?
19: Hopefully it will be a way in which the issues can be raised, people at the management board can hear the issues, and hopefully solutions can be put in place that ensures that the hospital within the community is a hospital safe. It, that's safe, and a hospital that people in the community can, can be proud of. That's all anybody wants.
6: But, p- but potentially uh, uh, quite, an, uh, quite a big cost to the hospital that, that's already struggling financially.
19: Uh, it's impossible to know that at, at this but, time. But potentially? Yeah, well, it's impossible to know that at this time.
6: Well, you, you must have a suspicion, Emma, otherwise you wouldn't be involved, would you?
19: Um, I can only talk about the uh, individuals that have approached us. I I don't know what's happening in the community. And do you think think they've got strong cases? Uh, On the accounts that we've been given, yes, it does seem to me that people have suffered pretty bad treatment whilst they've been patients at Bedford Hospital. (laughs) And (laughs) and that's what we're looking at. And we're looking at trying to establish what those issues are. Are there any connections to those issues? Are there any things that can be done that isn't going to cost a hospital a great deal of money to try to ensure that those issues are resolved?
6: (sighs) Uh, thanks very much for that. That's uh, Emma Jones, Clinical Negligence Lawyers. Lee Day is who she works for. Um, I always struggle with um, compensation claims against hospitals. Right? Uh, maybe you can help clear this up for me because I don't know. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you've been wronged medically, um, then I guess there is y- you have a kind of a right to be compensated. The flipping heck's going on. Is it? You have a right to be comp Maybe help me with this, Kath, because I struggle with this. You I think
7: ha- if something's happened that's rendered your life um, unlivable without yep. specialist equipment, or you can't work anymore, you are in financial hardship as a result of something yep. someone's done wrong. Then compensation is in order. Is that you? <laughs> uh,
6: uh, yeah. I, uh, yes. If you have to buy specialist equipment, if you lose work, then 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 yes. <clears throat> If you, were in hosp- if you were in hospital for a couple of weeks longer or it, it's, it, the doctor's messed up but it hasn't really affected your life, I don't think you should be able to, to claim claim then. I do... I do, I can't put it into words. I can't ver- verbalise it. But I, I do struggle slightly with the concept of suing the NHS because, A, it's my money that you're getting out and, B, you, B, you get it free at the point of contact. Uh, and, C, it just, it, it, there's something that just... I haven't got an argument for it. It just feels wrong. Now that's not to say that I wouldn't do that if something happened to you know to, to a member of my family. Maybe it's because my father-in-law works in the NHS, and I can see it slightly differently. I don't know. It just feels morally wrong to sue the NHS, and that's the best argument I've got. I've got. I can't back it up with fact or with with figures or with personal experience. That's all I've got. Let's put it out there, shall we? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Would you sue the NHS if you have to? Have you sued them, or do you think it, it just feels wrong to me? And I can't put it any better than that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news
10: for beds, cards, and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. At the London Coney Roundabout on the speed sensors, both north orbital approaches looking very heavy at the moment. Also the A1M southbound, slow going between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing in patches between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The M1 Londonbound also struggling between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who's the subject of a forced marriage protection order. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. Jan Hansen is so unhappy with the treatment his mother and brother received from the hospital he's setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS. And a government health advisor says social care agencies need to ensure that their workers have a Basic grasp of English before they're placed in vulnerable people's homes. Three Counties Sports.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: Manchester United beat Hull 3-1 last night with two goals from 18-year-old James Wilson on his debut, prompting this speech from interim manager Ryan Giggs.
15: You've seen a little glimpse of the future, and this is what this club's about. We never stand still. We always give you a chance, and we try and play attractive football. Sometimes we don't win, but we give it our all. So keep supporting us, and the good times will come back soon.
1: Tonight, Manchester City can move a step closer to regaining the title if they beat Aston Villa at home. Victory for City would put them two points clear of Liverpool with one game to play. At the bottom, Sunderland host West Brom, needing a point to virtually ensure survival and send Norwich down. Controversial plans for B-teams of Premier League and Championship clubs will be considered by the FA today. One proposal is for these second teams to play in the league sandwiched between League Two and the Conference. Another option is to merge the B-teams with League Two and the Conference to two regional leagues the top clubs want more competitive games for young players Luton's managing director Gary Sweet is against the plans
15: in my view I think these proposals would completely kill English football as we know it at least um, and I think there's a, a real serious political impact um, on this situation particularly regarding the sort of the communities that uh, are part of the clubs that, that they represent you know
1: And cycling's first ever women's tour of Britain starts today. Tomorrow's stage finishes in Bedford. The cyclists race from Chesson to Garden City on Saturday. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at 8. Call 08459
3: 455 555.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to give me a call, well, you flippin' well can. For goodness sake, why the hell not? We're talking about forced marriage. Uh, we're talking about... Well, we're, we're talking about a, um, a, an NHS group or a group that's being set up by people in Bedford that wants answers from Bedford Hospital. But it, it, ultimately, it seems to be coming down to people making compensation claims against Bedford Hospital. There's a, the, a, the, the medical negligence lawyer has, has got involved. And it just... Uh, it sits a little uncomfortably with me. Now, luckily, I've never been in a position where a hospital has really, really muffed things up. They've made a, you know, a few mistakes, but never muffed things up that have had a severe impact on my life. The thought of suing a hospital sits a little uncomfortably with me, and I don't know why. four five nine. 455 five, four double 555 double is the uh, telephone number. Tom's on the line. Morning, Tom. Good morning. Tom, I, I know you've got a story. Don't mention any hospitals or any areas, but, no, but tell no. us your story.
11: Right. I was in hospital uh, suffering with fibrosis. I'd been in there about a week and I was due to come out. I would sort of got a lot better. I just stand in my bedside cabinet and I'd put my left leg uh, there and then I went to bring my right foot and I stood by my uh, the uh, cabinet and I felt a smack at the back of my ankle, oh. a real loud one. And you know, I mean, it could have been somebody kicking me. It was that bad. Anyway, there was a doctor already there and he came over because he was doing his rounds. He came over and said, "Don't worry about it. You've just pulled a muscle. Go out." plenty of exercise get out and walk on it
18: Mm.
11: i went i saw another doctor and he said more or less the same and then i'd come out of hospital you know walking with a stick obviously and uh then i uh, i had to go and see another hospital regarding my thrombosis you know recovery sort of thing and when i went to see him uh he said now come on mr my last name, uh, if you want to really get better, go out and walk on your you know so
6: this is three doctors so far that have yep. told you to go and do more exercise yes, on it okay three
11: doctors anyway that this happened in uh, two thousand and twelve after about uh, six months i'm getting my uh you know dates a bit confused i actually went to my local surgery and said uh you know my my ankle's not getting any better can i have a you know an x-ray on it so he sent me for an x-ray they couldn't find anything wrong so uh he then sent me to the a&e department and they did a uh a scan on my ankle, yes. and said that I'd got a severe, a severely uh, snapped Achilles tendon. Ooh. Now I was told to walk on it. Yeah. Now when I, I I wrote to the uh, to the hospital and uh, you know complained, saying about how I'd been treated, and they wrote back. And said the head of uh, the depart- uh, you know the hospital wrote back and said I didn't uh, display enough pain to warrant any other diagnosis. Now, you, is there degrees of pain then for certain complaints? I mean, all I wanted was an apology. They wouldn't give me one.
6: Are you going to sue them?
11: Well, this happened, I don't know, I mean, what do I do? I'm, I'm 80 now, this happened when I was 78, and I'm now permanently disabled. Are
6: what you permanently disabled as a result of what happened to your foot? Yes, yes. So what, um, what can't I, you do as a result of that?
11: Well, I can't walk in it properly. I did, I did go and get a second opinion and the, uh, at another hospital, local hospital, and they said it was a classic case of uh, Achilles tendon. But, what
6: do I do? Well, uh, this is... See, this is interesting. You had three doctors yep, who said three. there was nothing wrong with it. Yes. The fourth doctor couldn't see anything wrong with it, but sent you for an X-ray and then a scan. The third doctor, that was. The like, third oh, the one. Fourth, the, fourth yeah, the fourth one. The fourth one. Your, your one. GP, GP couldn't, couldn't work out what was wrong himself. Well,
11: no, it wasn't that I asked him for an X-ray.
6: OK. But he didn't... He, he wasn't able to, by you sitting there, he wasn't able to, there to tell you what was wrong.
11: I, well, I presume not. No, oh, okay. I mean, so that's four,
6: I, that's four doctors, which, which would imply, Tom, yeah. that perhaps it was a little bit harder to diagnose than you would have liked it to have been.
11: So the only thing I, I looked at, they seem to say it's your, my fault for not going there with more pain. Uh,
6: well, perhaps that would have made it, you know, may- maybe you're a tough old boot, Tom, and, and perhaps, you know, if-, if you'd have had more pain or if you displayed more pain, it, it would have... Yeah, but it's now left me completely
11: disabled now. What, what, what do you
6: mean by completely to...
11: disabled? Well, I-, I had to have a special boot oh. fitted to my leg oh, that then come down, they took a a wedge out. It had three wedges in. Yeah. I had to take a wedge out at the time. Yeah. And even that, uh, then they said they couldn't operate on my ankle... Uh, Because I was on warfarin. Oh, okay. Right. I went to another... As I say, I went to another hospital, and he said it was a classic case of more or less... uh, uh, Achilles tendon problem. (laughs) And he operated on my ankle. And fixed it? No. Oh. It's it's now... I've come to the... uh, case now i've just accepted it but But okay i've
6: got it it, i've got it why should you sue the hospital just because they got it a little bit wrong if if
11: you'd have if the first doctor
6: had spotted what the problem was yeah could they have fixed it yeah they could have fixed it
11: yeah how by by uh, putting me straight into a boot so that i didn't walk on it walking on it was the wrong thing Tom, listen, let's put that out
6: there. It's a tough one, isn't it? I think I'm starting to get more of an argument as to why um, suing the NHS for most parts is is wrong and we are too quick to jump to it. It's because the human body, uh, I can't verbalise it. Doctors are not always going to get it right. Doctors are human beings who are working on the best information they've got at the time. Um, And if three doctors didn't, Couldn't diagnose what Tom's problem was, or diagnosed it incorrectly. It would kind of imply that it was a little bit harder to diagnose than than perhaps Tom would have liked.
7: But at the same time, you can understand why Tom. Yeah, oh yeah.
6: You
7: know he's unhappy. Of course. You know.
6: Not to demean. Not to demean uh, or denigrate Tom's argument in the slightest. But but doctors are human beings who are often working on the best information that they've got, and I guess again it's easy for me to say because I've not been in that situation. They're not always going to get it right, are Mm. they? Are they? Ophelia's on the line. Morning, Ophelia. Good morning. I'm struggling to to verbalise my position on this, Ophelia. I kind of... I feel it, but I can't intellectualise it. Maybe you can help. What's your story?
25: My story is that I had a planned operation. It was planned for about six months. Um, Following the operation, um, the doctor forgot to write up the prescription or the nurse forgot to discharge me with medication to stop, um, to control infection. As a consequence, when I came to the next stage of, um, my treatment at home, my stomach opened up and my intestines came out.
6: Hey, 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 sorry? Well, yeah. Did what? What, it, you, what, you you am oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Four you, days before Christmas. Four, four, days before Christmas, you're yeah. sat at home and your stomach opened up and your intestines came unwell, out? And then I, and then what happened was that my
25: clothes got to become wet and I said I felt a bit dizzy. The nurse was here. Oh. So I said I'm going to lay down. And just as she looked, and. Oh. Um, her and my sister saw my stomach opening up. Oh and funny enough,
6: alien style. But then, um, so that resulted in me having How? to go back into hospital. Was, I'm sorry to laugh, Ophelia. It must have been horrific. How big was the, the hole that opened up in your stomach?
25: Um, it only opened up about three inches. Oh, is that all? Oh, it started to come through. But as, oh, I, mate. as I got up, as I stood up to when the ambulance came the weight of my body going down, and I'm a big girl, (laughs) it it opened up more, so they had to press things. It was really painful, because ever so often, when I got to the hospital, they had to keep pushing my intestines and put stuff over it to keep it moist. Oh, my gosh. What should have been a three to four-week recovery turned out to be a four to five-month recovery, because it it was just... What they had to do to contain the infection to stop me from dying, more or less, was worse. It was just really horrendous. Hospital um, admitted that they were at fault. They forgot to discharge me the medication. Because they said, sorry, I just went through it. But it was very expensive. It cost me a lot of time, a lot of money. And what people don't really add up yeah. is the cost on your mental health, your yes. mental well-being, the change
6: of life. How did it affect you mentally then?
25: I felt depressed. Yeah. I go to, I've, I've always worked since I was 16. I had a whole plan. I spent Christmas in hospital didn't get presents for the children because I didn't think I thought I'd have time. It
6: was get a bit Ophelia. Four, day, four days four days I had a walk in frame. Four days before Christmas and you hadn't bought the children's presents, you, you like know, to live dangerously. You no know
25: it was. I was gonna take um <laughs> give my son the card to go out and get a present and I just didn't. Oh, okay. And okay. um um and this is that this. That was a
6: bit disappointing. No, of course it was. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing you slightly. But this all happened because the the doctor or the nurse failed to give you the yeah, wrong. The doc-
25: she said that, that, according to the feedback I got, was that they, um, the prescription hadn't been written up, which would have been by the doctor. So all the other medications that I got given, the antibiotics wasn't in it. That you... would have controlled. Um, any inspection and the uh, bursting of the... Are you, uh, you going to sue them? No, because the important thing is, Ian, is people giving you answers to what happened. Right, ah. Saying sorry is the key. And ah. when you get hospitals paying consultants thousands and thousands of pounds to move from one room to another, that's still our money. If they do something wrong and they just can't say, look, we got it wrong then you, if you don't do that, I'm taking you to court. That's my view. But
15: I guess...
6: But and nobody they,
25: listens unless you talk about money. And they, they don't s- want to hear you unless you yeah. talk about money.
6: You, you, sometimes you have to make that threat, don't you? But it, did, they, did they say sorry to you? Because I would have thought... I got sorry on more than one occasion. I would have thought that hospitals would be reluctant to say sorry because then that's them... It's like you never say sorry when you're involved in a car accident because you're admitting liability, and it would be the same for them, wouldn't it?
25: I think it varies who you are. I'm not saying I'm anyone special. But I think if people know the law and people are aware of what should have happened... And also, one hospital did the operation, another hospital had to deal with it. So no, they were clear that their liability, it wasn't their liability right. okay. and making me know it was the other hospitals. And eventually, when I had to go back to the other hospital, they were very apologetic. I got letters to that effect. That goes a long way. How's,
6: I, you, how, how's your tummy now, Ophelia? Uh, much better. Yeah.
25: I can walk, I can do everything. It took me um, about a good eight months to come back to normal because your mind has to tell you that oh, it's okay
6: yeah i bet yeah and that was a hard <sighs> and just to reiterate for those who've just tuned in four days before christmas your stomach opened up and your intestines fell out
25: yeah
6: wow yeah thank you very much for sharing that no problem thanks Take- a lot wow wowzers there's a sentence i never thought i'd hear
7: incredible <sighs>
6: Oh, wait, excellent stories, both of you. Thank you so much for sharing those. I really appreciate it. 08459 four double five five double five. Your stories, what's happened to you in hospitals and the doctors, and would you consider uh, uh, um, suing them, suing the doctors, suing the surgeon, suing the hospital, or do you think it's inappropriate? There's something not quite right about it. Do give us a call. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds,
10: hearts and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 London-bound, between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe, there was an earlier accident but it's still slow through that area. All lanes have now been reopened. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing in patches between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On the speed sensors in Kings Langley, the A41 very heavy from the Hemel-Hempstead turn off as you head towards the M25. And also in Mark Yates, the A5 as you head towards Redbourne, looking slow around the Luton Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
6: you, Alice. 7.46, it's Wednesday the 7th of May. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who's the subject of a forced marriage protection order. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. And a government health advisor has said that social care agencies need to ensure that their workers have a basic grasp of English... Before they're placed in vulnerable people's homes. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts, and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio.
20: Good morning. Well, it's not a bad start to the day, but we do have a bit of a mixed bag of weather. We've got some uh, blue sky, some scattered clouds, but also rather heavy showers await in the wings. Now, we've got quite a strong westerly breeze. So when we do get the showers, they will blow through fairly quickly. This afternoon they will be a little more frequent though and perhaps a little heavier. We may hear a rumble or two of thunder but they shouldn't last for too long. Despite all this, the temperature's not too bad. 16, 17 Celsius the maximum later on today. Now overnight these showers will continue for a time. It will dry out through the middle part and then towards dawn you may start to feel a few light spots of rain. Minimum temperature kept mild by all the cloud and also the breeze that we're hanging on to. Minimum for most down into still double figures, 10 Celsius. Countryside they may just uh, drop down a degree or so more. For Thursday, it's rather grey to start, but then those outbreaks of rain move in from the west through the course of the day, and some of those uh, bursts could be quite heavy and persistent through tomorrow afternoon. So rather wet and windy for Thursday, maximum temperature 16 Celsius.
3: Every weekday morning.
14: The shop didn't want to give me them back. So I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back.
3: The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company.
0: And I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone.
3: If you need our help, email show at bbc.co.uk. After a lot discussion about my cylinders, the,
17: the dozen in body showed up at my house on the following day.
3: And we could do the same for you.
0: Thanks, Denise. And for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your
3: horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Yeah, we're talking about uh, claiming compensation from hospitals and suing hospitals and things like that, and that's all kind of evolved from the conversation that uh, w- we had earlier on uh, this morning. Just to recap the story we, uh, we're talking about, is uh, a group of people getting together to push Bedford Hospital to be more open, and we spoke to uh, Jan Hansen, who is um, he's starting a, a, a branch of the Cure the NHS. It's a national campaign to kind of make the NHS better. And I, I feel we should probably emphasise... We're not suggesting that Jan is going for the compensation. No, In fact, not at all. he specifically said when we spoke to him, it's not about the compensation for him. It's about the the, uh, the heartache. It was his mother, wasn't it?
7: And his brother, I think. And well, his brother's problem.
6: Yes. So we're not. We're not. When we this, this is and Jan, please don't think that we're aiming this at you. This is kind of the natural evolution of the the conversation. We spoke to um, to Emma. Uh, I think it is Emma Jones, Emma Jones who is a solicitor who's part of the campaign.
7: She's kind of advising the group, but yep. she's not want to. You know, it's, it's not a matter of a, a, a channel for people no. to go for compensation. No. It's just, you know, if that is an option you want to consider, she's advising yes. on that So, part.
6: yeah, and don't for, don't for a second think that we are, we are suggesting you're doing this just for the money. We know that you're not, but as I'm sure you understand, when, when you have a conversation with your mates down the pub, it kind of evolves. And, and we have evolved it uh, into talking about people claiming compensation. And, and would you do it, and, and is it appropriate? Oh, 08459 four double five five double five is the phone number if you want to give us a call. Sheila's on the line. Morning, Sheila. Good morning. Sheila, what would you like to say?
4: Um, my sister, who is uh, now 80, uh, about four three or four years previous to that, had a fall. Um, next day was, uh, said, oh, yeah, Dr. Oh, go at the hospital, have a check-up. Because she walked in... Um, remember this is an elderly person mm. um, what, why are you here? Oh, well, the doctor told me i can 't move, and i 'm a bit stiff okay um you don 't need the x ray you obviously haven 't broken anything you know you 're walking anyway in terrible pain goes to the doctor gets painkillers, this goes on and on, and then after about three months, eventually gets back has an x ray yes oh dear you 've broken your back
13: oh no
4: yes. So, of course, by that time, it's, oh, we'll give you pain. Oh, no, you can't, that's too late for that. What one oh oh Oh, that's too late for that. So she's now got one of these straps around her.
6: Is she in pain now? Yes, but wait for it. Oh, go on.
4: <laughs> Recently, yes. goes home trippy-trappy around the road. Trippy-trappy? Trippy-trappy down the road.
6: Trippy-trappy down the road, yes.
4: Falls over. Oh, no. Wait for it. About ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Normal three rings, are you home yet? All gets missing, you know, people are doing things, did it phone ring. And at about five o'clock in the morning, gentleman comes past. Oh, my goodness, what's that line there? Oh,
6: no, um, she's still there at five in the morning. Yeah. Oh.
4: So off to a certain hospital. Yes. Um, she goes in, get phone calls. Oh, my God, you know, broken hips and all that sort of thing. No, it's all right. She ends up with a broken wrist. Not too bad at 80.
6: For goodness sakes, your sister... Yeah, wait for it, wait for it.
4: Comes home same day... Yeah, um, and needs someone to sort of stay around, which I did. Anyway, in great pain, by about Thursday, for God's sake, ring the doctor, rings the doctor, had him fall, broken wrist, blah, 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 oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, well, that's right, we'll give you some painkillers. Um, everybody keeps saying that usually when you have a broken something, you have it... Uh, bound up for yeah. the day and then twenty four hours later you go to the hospital and have it rechecked and set because the swelling goes down. Everybody keeps saying this. I don't know, never had one, thank goodness, touch wood. And um so about Thursday, as I say, gets the painkillers from the doctor. Nobody bothers to see her at eighty odd, you know, you'd think perhaps I'll pop round and have a little chitty chat, see how you are. No. So by about the weekend then my her daughter gets involved and said, Look, you know, what's happening? Um, oh, yes, perhaps you should go to hospital, goes off to the hospital, phone call next day, you're coming in tomorrow, you've broken your wrist badly, and we need to reset it. So she'd spent all that time when she should have gone in because they hadn't sent the x-rays, no one had got in touch with the doctor, doctor hadn't really bothered too much, because on Thursday they should have turned around and said, whoops, what's going on here?
6: Sheila, why do you think... This seems like a couple of instances with the doctor not bothering that much. Why do you think that was? Is it because your sister's old? Or is it because the doctors are too busy? Or were they bad doctors? What, what, What do you think?
4: I do think part of it is because unless you... I'm not saying things don't go wrong. It happens. There are things that don't get passed down the line. Appointments get lost. I've had an appointment where they said... I don't know, we don't know where your appointment's got to But the thing is, unless you keep on top of it Unless you shout and say Excuse me, yeah. hello Oh, you've got
6: to make a fuss
4: You have to yeah. actually turn round and, and I think, unfortunately Sometimes when you're a bit older Maybe when you're in pain You don't really want to make
6: a fuss Oh, you old people make fusses all the time Come on we, we know you do. <laughs> but but we,
4: you know, like, it, it worries me. I feel, yeah. I feel I need to have someone, when I get to that stage yeah. in life, that I have a, a kind of a, a spokesperson who will chivvy things
6: up. Has, has the thought of suing the NHS oh. crossed yours or your sister's mind? I did. Yeah.
4: I, I did because of the doctor not pushing it. Maybe the hospital, and it would would wake them up to realise that just because you you have a fall, just because you're older, just because you can walk, does not mean to say that you haven't broken anything, Mm. that you haven't done any damage. the other one, I think we might be having a little chibi go because the hospital has kind of got a bit worried. The fact that, you know.
6: I'm, lo- I'm laughing because you're using wonderful language. You're going to have a little chibby go, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to trip trap down to the hospital and have a chibi go.
4: That's right, yeah. How, yeah.
6: Is, your, how is your sister doing now?
4: Um, well, uh, she's okay. She's yeah. okay in that sense. But they've, they've sort of said to her the break was very, very bad. And oh, I think bless. the problem is because it wasn't reset. 24 hours later that can that can mean that you know you have a problem yeah. um but i i do i do think that sometimes you know and i I've, i think that if if you're an 80 odd year old lady and you've had a fall and you ring up about painkillers, I do think that maybe the doctor shouldn't just turn around and say, oh, that's right, if you get someone to pop down, we'll put them out for you. They should have perhaps popped round to see her. Sheila,
6: I think you're right. I'm going to move on because I want to get some more bits and pieces. But, yeah, I think you're right. An 80-year-old woman has a fall. Hey, guess what, guys? That's quite serious. Yeah. That can be quite... I remember my uh, great-grandmother. Gosh! How lucky I was to have met two two of my great-grandmothers, Nanny Perkis, um, uh, she had a really, she, well, she, it wasn't even that bad a fall, but her whole leg went black, mm-hmm. you know, at that age. It kind of just, I was scared of Nanny Perkins. She was married to Grandad George, and Grandad George would sit in the front living room, this fantastic house in London, got knocked down. He would sit in the front living room uh, and would never come out and see us kids. He'd be in there just smoking uh, senior service. Uh, and we'd never come out but at one point you know they'd say right it's time to go and see Grandad George now and we'd be terrified of Grandad George he's just some old boy just sat there watching the telly smoking terms he couldn't be bothered and we'd go in and we'd kind of sit there for 20 minutes and it's time to leave Grandad George now (laughs) and we'd go out and leave him bless him
7: my granddad used to do that he'd be sitting watching the telly and all the women because he had four daughters and all granddaughters at one point we were all in the kitchen chatting loud and then he'd come in and then when had enough, he would go, go back great, to it? his office.
6: This was my great-granddad. My granddad, Jock, my dad's dad, was um, from Aberdeen. He had a really, really strong, really strong Scotch accent. And when I say Scotch, I meant he was drunk a lot of the time as well. So if, if he was sober, I could kind of make out what he was saying. But if he'd had a bit to drink, which he did a lot, <clears throat> I'd sit there, and I was like five, and he'd be talking to me, and I'd be going, uh-huh, yeah. Ah, and then I'd run out crying because I couldn't understand oh, him. That's a shame. Oh, my poor granddad, John. I couldn't understand what he was saying. Bless him. Phil has texted him. When people sue the NHS, it should be to lessen the effect of negligence, not just because things haven't gone the way you thought they should. As it sounds in Tom's case, Tom was the fella that snapped uh, the, the, the his Achilles tendon. The NHS has insurance for these cases, so the sums handed out aren't coming from NHS budgets. Thank you for that. 08459 double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call on that. We'll also be talking uh, more about arranged marriages. Uh, forced marriages, sorry, I keep saying that. That's uh, my lazy mind. Forced marriages. Uh, there are plans, there are calls to make it illegal. Make it a criminal offence to force a 16-year-old girl to marry someone she doesn't want to marry. You mean it's not illegal now? You mean that's legal to do that? Flippin' heck! We spoke to a solicitor earlier on, he thinks, no, 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 the system is fine as it is, uh, and th- we, we don't need to be tougher on it. I'm so- I- when, when I got this story um, last night, uh, this morning, I looked at it and I thought, well, no, there's something wrong here. Obviously it's illegal to force someone to marry someone they don't want to. It turns out it isn't. And it turns out there are some people who think it shouldn't be illegal. Love to get your thoughts on that. And anything else you fancy, really, Oh eight four 455 555. Don't forget, don't forget, you can email me direct... Wow, Ian.Lee at bbc.co.uk, and I've, uh, I've just uh, highlighted I have Scottish heritage, so it's I A I N dot L W at bbc.co.uk. News coming up, but before that, is Alice with the travel
10: travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. One lane is closed after a vehicle's broken down, looking quite slow on the approach on the sensors. And also on the M25 anti clockwise at junction 21 for the M1, a lane is closed on the exit slip road to the northbound M1. And on the M40 London bound, still slow going between junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe after an earlier accident. And on the speed sensors in Tame, the Aylesbury road is heavy going as you head away from Aylesbury and approach the Tame Road roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: anti macassas That's why anti I love the word anti-macassa and I love the fact that anti-macassas existed.
5: Because a granddad's with brill
7: cream.
6: Because a granddad jock with brill cream. So you put an anti-macassa. I'm not even I'm not even gonna describe an anti-macassa. If you don't know what it is, shame on you. And for those of us who are old enough to remember them, well, welcome to our secret little club, the anti macassar club.
1: It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines calls for law on forced marriage to be strengthened, warning about the future of the co-op and campaigner wants greater transparency at Bedford Hospital.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who's the subject of a forced marriage protection order. 16-year-old Maria Nicolescu was placed under an order in December but hasn't been at school since the start of last month and was officially reported missing on April the 22nd. It's thought she may have left the area with her family but Luton lawyer Kuljit Lally told this programme the law was already strong enough.
23: It's up to the courts and the judges Uh-oh. to implement the law as it is. There's already means, there's a power of arrest attached to a forced marriage protection order. So if you break it you will be arrested.
1: The former City Minister Lord Miners has warned the future of the cooperative group could be in danger unless it adopts sweeping changes to the way it's managed. In a He says the mutual business, which reported an annual loss of £2.5 billion last month, has become dysfunctional because of infighting. Meanwhile, Sainsbury's has announced a 5.3% increase in annual profits in the 12 months to March, its slowest growth in nearly a decade. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. Jan Hansen is so unhappy with the treatment his mother and brother received from the hospital, he's setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS.
14: I've already had quite a number of people who wish to have this meeting. Um, We've we've decided we're going to have a meeting, uh, an open meeting, and I I think beyond any doubt we can show that uh, management-wise people are burying their heads in the sand and they're they're almost in denial that there has been and there's a problem there.
1: A government health advisor says social care agencies need to ensure their workers have a basic grasp of English before they're placed in vulnerable people's homes. About a fifth of carers in the UK are migrant workers. Dr Shireen Hussein says poor language skills could lead to bad care and abuse. The
2: care agencies would establish if there are gaps in the knowledge, gaps in the cultural knowledge and the communication skills, before they are put into placement with the, with the service users in their own homes. So then the care agencies can you know provide relevant training and induction before they are able to provide the care
1: plans which could result in the closure of three middle schools in Dunstable will be discussed by councillors later today a consultation paper says no viable alternative options have been found to the plans to close Ashton, Brewers Hill and Streetfield schools due to falling numbers. In sport Manchester United beat Hull 3-1 last night, tonight Manchester City can move a step closer to regaining the title if they beat Aston Villa at home the weather mainly dry and sunny this morning scattered showers this afternoon which could be heavy in places, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk/slash three counties.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of Beds, Hearts, and Bucks. Lovely. Yeah, it's really nice. Nice little shops. It's all about where you live.
17: I found it great because I can get around, I'm in a mobility scooter, and I can move around the, the centre. With no problem at all.
3: And all this week, we're featuring Milton Keynes. I absolutely love it. I came up here 15 years ago. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three
6: Counties Radio. I've just done the best tweet I've ever done. (laughs) I've just tweeted this. If you're not listening, then you missed Ophelia calling in and telling us how her stomach burst open and her intestines poured out. (sighs) That's what we're doing this morning. Has your stomach ever opened and bits of your body poured out? Has any part of your body ever fallen out of your body? That's the phone-in today. Nah, it's not, but it can be if you want. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about. Calls for forced marriage crackdown... Calls for greater transparency in the NHS and your calls on whatever you fancy. We're talking about lots of things. If you want to call and say, yes, a part of my body fell out of my body, we can do that. We can go there. Catherine's pulling a disgusted face. We can go there. We can do that.
7: That can't be a common problem, can it?
6: <laughs> I didn't think it was a problem that ever happened. Ophelia's already told us how her stomach burst open Good and really. her intestines poured out four days before Christmas. What? At all times? There's... <laughs> that makes it so much worse. There's got to be more. Uh, there's got to be more stories of bits of bodies falling out of your body. 08459 four double five five double five. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can send me an email, Dotley at bbc.co.uk. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three
10: Counties Radio.
6: The, um... The conversation about uh, more transparency in the NHS has evolved slightly. And we'll go back to that original story a bit later on. Uh, But it has evolved into uh, people talking um, about making claims against the NHS. And we've got a couple of texts here. David and Puckeridge. Every human is different. Every human displays different symptoms. Mistakes do happen, but doctors are not mind readers. The NHS is, as a general rule, an amazing service, which is provided to us for free. Well, free at the point of contact. Would we prefer an American medical system? Uh, And John from Datchworth, um, I had a poor diagnosis on my Achilles tendon. One hospital told me, as I could sort of walk in it, I'd only got soft tissue damage without even examining my leg. After three weeks of very painful walking, driving, and trying to get on with life normally, I went to another hospital, and the nurse I saw didn't examine me. She said, I'll get you taken to another hospital now, as you have a ruptured Achilles. When did you do it? I told her three weeks. She told me that the time delay may be a problem. At the third hospital, I had an operation the next day. I still have an issue with my ankle about four years later. And I guess the thing is, I guess the thing is, some of these things are are, are hard to diagnose. If it's on the outside of the body, oh, look, you've, you've, uh, you've burst your eye. A friend of mine did that. A friend of mine um, caught his long fingernail in his eye, and a bit of the eye jelly kind of came down his face. That
7: is disgusting.
6: Thank you. But if it's an outside thing, you can kind of tell if there are if you're displaying certain symptoms, and it makes it easier. But there are some things that doctors are not going to get right every time. Is that enough to warrant suing them? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, as police can. Oh, is that caller there? I do apologise, Richard. I'm so sorry, Richard. I thought you were um, left over from before the news. I apologise. Uh, I'm with you now. What would you like to say? Uh, I just wanted to talk about doing the NHS and yes. how I think it's wrong. Tell me why. Um, I think we've turned into a bit of a blame culture. And um, listen, if something goes wrong with your body,
17: you need an operation or, or, or something's happened, that's just life. You know, it's nobody's fault. And uh, the doctors and the surgeons, they're there to help you. Um, they do an amazing job. Sometimes the states are made, um, and, and, and sometimes they're not. But they're not miracle workers. And um, I think people forget about how good our health services is, is in this country. Um, like you say, it's free at point of contact. Is, uh, there,
6: is there any circumstance, Richard, where you think it would be appropriate to sue the NHS?
17: Um, un- Unless
11: a
6: a doctor, uh, I, I, not a doctor, I'd say more a surgeon, uh, but perhaps, went um, completely deviate. Richard, we've lost you. Oh, we've lost you. Uh, we've we've uh, lost you. So, uh, but Richard, thank you for that. I think we kind of. I don't think we need. To, I, I think we kind of got his point that. But I think he was about to say, uh, in extreme circumstances, then yes, if a surgeon removes the wrong part of the body, then possibly. That might be the way forward. As police continue to search for a missing Luton girl who was placed under a forced marriage protection order in December, campaigners want the law to get tougher on families who make their young people marry against their will. 16-year-old Maria Nicolescu hasn't been at school since the start of last month and was officially reported missing on the 22nd of April. Justin Dealey has been speaking to people who've been forced to marry someone they didn't know and people whose friends have been involved in a forced marriage.
8: Yeah, I do, yeah. Uh, are
6: these close friends of yours?
8: Um, one is close friend, yeah.
12: How old was your friend?
8: 18. She was 18, yeah. And she just finished college and her parents obviously forced her to go to Pakistan. But they said to her, they made obviously excuse up that she's going to go see her grandmother who's ill. She didn't know that this was happening.
12: So when she got there, she was forced to marry somebody she'd never met before. Yeah,
8: so she didn't know who it was or anything.
12: Has this destroyed her life?
8: Yeah, because um, obviously she, did, she, did, she liked someone from here, and she just um, I don't know. She, was, she didn't ever think of getting married to someone she didn't know. So she's been really,
7: really upset and really broken. You had to
19: do it. You had to go through it. Otherwise, you were the uh, the ostracised person, the person who would be. Um, not accepted in the family, the community, and stuff like that.
12: Mm. How did that make you feel as a person?
19: I was so young at the time that, uh, obviously, looking back now, it was it wasn't very nice. I wouldn't do it to my children. Um, it shouldn't happen. And you know, but I think at the time, a lot of people like myself were young, mm. don't really know much different. It's what the parents say that goes, and that's
6: it. Well, Jasvinda Sanghera, CBE, is the founder of the charity Karma Nirvana and survivor of forced marriage herself. Jas- Jasvinda, can I just ask your personal story? How 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 did you get? Fo- how does someone get forced into a marriage, and what impact does it have on you? Well, the people who have
24: the power to force you under, uh, into a marriage are your immediate family members, because it's your nearest and dearest that are doing this to you, your parents, or the members of the family, who will first of all very subtly talk to you and bring you into a position whereby they teach you that you know, an arranged marriage is part of tradition and then they start plying on the um, tradition and the religious arguments and also making the point that if you don't go through with this, then you're going against your family, so you end up feeling guilt. And they're the ones who literally groom you into this place whereby you enter this marriage. And if you say no, You put yourself at risk, you feel at risk, your family will make the point.
6: What kind of risk do you feel at?
24: What we see with victims and what I saw by saying no to my parents when I was 14 years old was I was taken out of school and I was kept at home and held a prisoner for a number of months until I agreed to the marriage. So I lost my education, I lost my freedom, I was held a prisoner whereby I was physically, psychologically abused until I agreed to the marriage. And school, by the way, didn't notice me missing and, and this is the important oh. part that, you know, school are not noticing these girls. The prevention is going to be in education because families have a lot of power. You know, teachers listen to parents who say, Oh, she's not well or we've taken her out of school because we're educated or abroad. They don't look further than that if they suspect they're not even suspecting and identifying the indicators.
6: You held uh, your national conference on forced marriage yesterday. Yes. How, how did that go and what do you hope to achieve with yes, that?
24: The national conference was to announce the new forced marriage criminal offence, which we think will come into force on June the 14th. Um, so it's the very first. Um, conference to talk about what the law will look like. The fact that if you lure somebody abroad for the purpose of a forced marriage, or you force forced to marriage quite clearly in this country, you can be sentenced up to five to seven years. It also criminalises the breach of a forced marriage protection order, so those people who go against an order can now also be sentenced to
6: prison. Uh, that's interesting. So, uh, the, 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 yeah. the, I want to talk to you about the forced marriage protection orders as they stand at the moment. Yeah. If, for example, um, uh, my family had a forced marriage protection order because my my daughter, I don't have one, but my daughter w- was supposedly being forced to marry, mm-hmm. and we disappeared. Yeah. What would, what could, potentially, could the law do to us at the moment? Well,
24: you will be in contempt of court. You've breached an order. If a judge has specifically specified on an order, you must not take this person out of the country, and you have done that. You've gone against the judgment, so you are now in breach of the law. Therefore, you're in contempt of court, and the police carry the power of arrest. The problem we have is with these orders, and I, I said this at the time when this legislation was being drafted in 2007, is we are putting injunctions in place, that's what a forced marriage protection order is, it prevents people from forcing people into marriage, and we're returning the person back to the perpetrators with an order there, who's monitoring the order, who's checking that victim, because you can name mom, dad, auntie, uncle, you must not do this, but we know we've put a victim back into a situation of risk, it only takes one look, Other people can be used in the family. Witness intimidation is high. It doesn't surprise me that this young girl in Luton has gone missing because what has happened in that case is nobody's been monitoring the order.
6: We spoke earlier on, uh, I had an interesting conversation with uh, Colgit Lally, a solicitor uh, in Luton who deals with cases of forced marriage. She doesn't want the law to change. She thinks the way it stands at the moment, (laughs) it's secure enough. What what would you you say to that argument?
24: Well, um, the law needs to change because what we know is what currently exists is not enough. What people may argue is that creating a criminal offence of forced marriage may make it go underground even more. Well, the news is, it's underground anyway, we're dealing with the tip of the iceberg. What we know about forced marriage protection orders, I'm not, I'm not saying we don't use them anymore, but they are failing some of our victims. It cannot be right that we're returning victims back to perpetrators. And the law is not just about prosecutions. It's also about wanting to change, a sea change of attitudes out there that exist, where professionals are still looking at this as somehow being different. It's cultural. Or there is a fear of offending people. A, law, a new criminal law will firmly place this on the books as being against the law, not part of anybody's culture, not part of tr- tradition, and there won't be an excuse for social workers, for police officers, etc., not to sit this clearly
6: in a child and public protection box. I, I, I'm so surprised that it's not illegal now... Mm to force your young child to to marry someone they don't want to marry. Yeah,
24: and the sad thing is, victims don't own it as a crime. And the worst thing is, because it's your family doing this to you, who you really love dearly, they get away with it even more so. A victim cannot say to a parent, you can't do this to me, it's against the law in Britain at the moment. From June the 14th, they will be able to say that because we will have specific legislation.
6: (laughs) Jasvinda, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Jasvinda Sanghera CBE, founder of the charity Karma Nirvana, 08459 455 555. You can hear a little bit of banging and drilling in the background. It's not uh, a ghost, as we first suspected. Uh, it's some blokes doing a little bit of building work outside.
10: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Ponder's End, the Hartford Road High Street is closed in both directions between the Nags Head Road and Garfield Road because of a vehicle fire earlier this morning, causing lots of queues in the area and really adding to the normal morning delays on the southbound A10. The M40 London bound still slow going after an earlier accident between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe, those delays starting from around Junction 6 for Watlington now. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar after an earlier breakdown. And the anti-clockwise carriageway also heavy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Alice, thank you very much. After we've spoken, after I've done the news and after we've spoken to JVS, I have uh, something horrific to say to you, Catherine.
7: Oh, good. There
6: we go. Look forward to that you sure. It's 8.17. It's Wednesday, the 7th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who is the subject of a forced marriage protection order. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. Jan Hansen is setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS. And a government health advisor has said that social care agencies need to ensure that their workers have a basic grasp of English before they're placed in vulnerable people's homes.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. You
17: told 580 gags in one hour. Can I yeah. test you for one minute? I
22: spent the whole year trying to get into classes of music. It took the four seasons.
17: Weekdays from three. We heard from Neil earlier on, he claims he was discriminated against and asked to leave a pub because he injected himself in public in full view.
23: Insulin keeps my son alive, okay? If he doesn't
21: inject,
10: he'll die. Roberto Peroni.
21: And I just thank you for the services that you do on here to help people like myself.
10: Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Yes, I, I reckon probably. <clears throat> really? Yeah, probably. Just seems the sort to me. Oh, gosh. Yes, that's not
0: what, what we're talking about, is
6: it? No, no, no. OK, no, no. good. <laughs> I in it's trouble. That's uh, Good morning. Good morning to you. a vision in
0: mauve. Thanks very much. Yes, yes, I've got my mauve on. I'm liking it. And I've had a haircut.
6: And you're doing a, a Rigby stance you've got your hands
0: yeah Jones. yeah it? that's right yes yeah.
6: i've got uh i had a haircut looks very smart had my teeth cleaned oh really yeah because i'm getting a haircut today i'm not going to get the teeth cleaning did Ooh. they did they bleach them or zap them no no i just had a, a sonic d scale you oh know. oh you like that doesn't it make the back of your bottom teeth feel wonderful yes it does you can feel the cracks with yeah your tongue. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah yeah they're I'm all gonna, there yeah i might go and get one beautiful have one done go ever on. have you ever had your teeth bleached no i did it once it was a freebie Oh, it does half hurt! It I've really hurts, that. your I've teeth
0: hurt! I've heard that. Very and you also, you shouldn't drink coffee or, no. or
6: wine, apparently. No, you, well, you wouldn't be able to, to stop that, would you? No, I wouldn't. No, would be awful.
0: I mean, I felt bad yesterday, because I, I had my teeth clean. they are all lovely, yeah. went home, cracked open a beautiful bottle of Malbec.
6: With your teeth. Just <laughs> <Yes, laughs> like that. Exactly. Well, you're looking very smart. Oh, Thanks. Thanks, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean There's no sarcasm there. It's, like, it's like coming in and being reviewed by Gokwan <laughs> isn't it? Take him off, and I'll have a look at the underneath. No, that's what he does, isn't it? He? he gets people to strip off naked. Yes, oh, and then you'd comment on my bangers. <laughs> he's not really gay, is he? He's just pretending to be gay. What, so that, what, what Gokwan? Yeah, so he can get see loads I think of women. He might be. I think he's pretending, so he can see loads of women. Oh take your clothes off, love. Don't uh, uh. worry. Really? Yeah, that's, that's that's the game
0: plan, I'm sure. I
6: have no evidence to back that up, though.
0: Well, I suspect it probably is. OK, OK, you're Gaydar saying yes. Yeah. What's on your show this morning? Coming up this morning on the big phone in, should anyone who wants to work in healthcare in this country have to speak good English? Oh, yes. You've seen this story one. today? Yeah, yeah. A top government advisor has told the BBC too many carers in this country can't speak good enough English. Uh, Dr Shireen Hussein is scientific advisor to the Department of Health. She's told the BBC that poor language skills could lead to a bad level of care and abuse. Twenty percent of carers across the UK are migrant workers. And now the health minister, Norman Lamb, wants new language tests for those who want to work in the industry. Well, from nine mm. this morning, I want your views on this. Should anyone who wants to work in health care in this country have to speak good English? Or do you think, actually, English as a requirement, that should be down the bottom of the list, they should have to be a good carer first. That's the most important thing. What about in your mum's care? Mm. Home? They speak good English they, there?
6: There's lots of Polish boys and girls and some Japanese boys and girls, bizarrely uh but yes they all speak excellent english
0: they have like a japanese boy i've never heard of
6: japanese boys and girls in a care home i think they come over to work and they get for free and they they practice their english and they get but so the japanese people don't speak english particularly well they're not doing they're kind of um they're helping the carers so they're not one-on-one contact with the residents necessarily my mum loves it because i teach her a few japanese words and so she impresses them with that but when she was at home she had carers who couldn't speak english very Or couldn't be understood They didn't know how to cook pasta My mum asked her pasta for lunch And they gave her a bowl of dried pasta which, What? Yeah, which is insane uh, Do you know, it's one of those things I've uh, In the past, I've thought, oh, it doesn't really matter Hey, let everyone come here and work in this thing But actually, no, I, as I get older I think, yeah, you should, you should be able to understand, particularly if they are in contact with, with elderly people or people who may have dis- difficulties it does, communicating. It, it, I, I think it matters very yeah. much. My my grandmother,
0: who's 99, she's very deaf, very, very deaf. Mm. And if she hasn't got her hearing aids in, which she normally hasn't because she's normally either put them in the bin or they're under the bed or she's sitting on them, or they're, they're never in her ears. Um... When you when she's not got them in, you have to cut. You really clearly shout at her. (laughs) But of course, some some of the carers they don't speak very good English, and they come in and they they're getting right near her ear, and they're shouting in a very strong accent, and she's looking completely bewildered, and I'm thinking. You can shout as loud as you
6: want. I can't understand you and I'm sitting over here. God bless her. Isn't that funny?
0: But I wonder whether it really does matter and whether there needs to be a concerted effort, particularly on the employers, to make sure that they're not employing people that can't speak very good English or who have very, very strong accents. Mm. From nine this morning, your calls, your experiences and your views. Should anyone who wants to work in healthcare in this country have to speak good English?
3: (laughs) Call
6: 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Dave. That's going to be worth listening to. My opinion on that has changed over the years. I was just saying that there was a doctor we stopped seeing, partly because he misdiagnosed our boy. But every time we saw him, we go, oh, I couldn't understand what he was saying. He had such a thick Indian accent. I couldn't understand him and I'm all for hey you know come on guys everyone come here and work And I couldn't understand him I think when you're giving medical advice another reason we stopped seeing him is mid- midway through him misdiagnosing my son as having quite a serious kidney problem his phone went and he took a phone call he's diagnosing someone on the phone while he's trying to sort my boy out
7: okay yeah that's not on is it
6: <laughs> and we went to reception we said can we never see that doctor again and they went Okay, yeah, we'll add you to the list. Oh dear. (laughs) Obviously, I had lots of people. The reason we're talking, well, JVS is talking about that, but we're talking about health. It's a health filled morning. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. Jan Hansen is so unhappy with the treatment his mother and brother received, he's setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS. We can speak now to Julie Bailey from Stafford. Julie set up her own Cure the NHS campaign after her mum died in hospital. Morning, Julie. Good morning. Uh, Remind us what happened in mid-Staffordshire and what happened to your mum. Uh, My
24: mum went in. She was 86 years old. She wasn't a well woman. Um, But we thought we were going into a safe hospital. Um, Very quickly within three days. I quickly realized that instead of it being safe. It was very unsafe So I stayed for the next eight weeks sleeping on a chair next to a bed and what I saw during those eight weeks Will live with me forever the way the vulnerable were treated Uh,
6: It was just absolutely dreadful. It must have been a real shock to you, Julie, because whenever we go to hospital we think of hospital, we think of it as a safe place where where people are respected and looked after and cared for.
24: Exactly. We have no idea or or in 2007 we had even less idea um, what is going on uh, performance-wise in our hospitals. We see very basic performance indicators. What Cure the NHS are campaigning for is that we see all performance indicators. So we see anonymised um, complaints. We see anonymised serious untoward un- incidents, mortili- mortality rates. All of these indicators put together give you an idea of how safe your hospital. One of the big indicators is is how happy your staff are working in that hospital. How
6: quickly has Cure the NHS expanded?
24: Well, it's it's expanded very quickly. Um, the day the Healthcare Commission report came out, which was um, in March 2009, I went home to over 300 um, emails telling me that the same thing was going on all over the country. I think we've got around eight similar groups. We're just about to get charitable status, and then we will make, be making it more formal. What we'd like is a group attached to every hospital throughout the country, and what we like to see is managers the, the managers sharing information on performance with our groups, and our groups holding these people to account.
6: Have you seen any improvements, Julie, since uh, Care the, uh, Cure the NHS was formed?
24: We've seen huge improvements over the last year. Um, identifying the, the hospitals under the Keogh review, they've reported that they found it a really good process helping them to improve, but we've seen more nurses in acute services going on to the wards. We've seen the Care Quality Commission is a totally different body now. Um, The Parliamentary Health Service Ombudsman are telling us they're improving, and the same with the GMC, the General Medical Council, and the Nursing and Midwifery Council. We're still holding our breath. We're waiting for these changes. The NHS is notorious for telling us it's changing but they're not very good putting actions into place. It's so not, we are
6: watching it's not all been plain sailing for you, though, has it, Julie? Some people have um, been uh, upset by you speaking out.
24: Very much so, yes. What we found is that the NHS is something... It's part of our socialisation, that we're very proud of it. And we don't criticise it. People don't like it to be criticised. But we've had to. You know, for years we've lived in denial that the NHS is a safe place, when in fact uh, very often it isn't. The NHS does some wonderful things, but year on year we hear the same incidents happening, the same um, safety breaches happening over and over again. And this is wrong. The NHS has got to learn from its mistakes.
6: Finally, Julie, we're talking about Jan, who's um, planning to set up a Cure the NHS uh, in Bedford. What advice would you offer?
24: The advice I would be is be determined, keep your head held high, try and gather as many people around you as possible, get support from somebody, from people who understand, because it's not until it happens to you that you um, realise. And to be respectful to everybody... But to demand change, yeah, for
6: change. I appreciate your time and your thoughts this morning, Julie Bailey from Stafford, who, uh, of course, set up her own cure the NHS campaign after her mum died in hospital. 08 oh, 459 four, double five five double five. It's BBC Three Counties uh, Radio. Let's. Oh, what, what was that you just reminded me of?
8: You said that you had something disgusting. Oh, why did to you tell
6: remind us? him? I'll oh, t- I like I, him, It is maybe. disgusting, right? And I will. Can I tell you after the news? Let's go to let's go to the travel and news. I don't oh want to put Alice geez. off her stroke. Let's do let's do travel. Let's do news, uh, and then I'll tell you something absolutely disgusting. Travel news for beds, hards, and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update in from Nathan on the M25 clockwise around Junction 26 of Waltham Abbey. Uh, the road is partially blocked just before the Bell Common Tunnel. It's an accident which is blocking three lanes and traffic is having to use the middle lane, uh, with queues building on the approach. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going between junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar after a vehicle broke down. Also still looking heavy on the anti-clockwise M25 between junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. In Ponders End, the Hartford Road High Street is closed between the Nags Head Road and Garfield Road after an earlier building fire, causing lots of queues in the local area and also adding to the morning delays on the southbound A10. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who's the subject of a forced marriage protection order. A government health advisor has said that social care agencies need to ensure that their workers have a basic grasp of English before they're placed in vulnerable people's homes. And a health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints and is setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS. Manchester United beat Hull 3-1 last night with two goals from 18-year-old James Wilson on his debut. Tonight, Manchester City can move a step closer to regaining the title if they beat Aston Villa at home. Victory for City would put them two points clear of Liverpool with one game to play. At the bottom, Sunderland host West Brom, needing a point to virtually ensure survival and send Norwich down. Controversial plans for B teams of Premier League and Championship clubs will be considered by the FA today. One proposal is for these second teams to play in a league sandwich between League Two and the Conference. Another option is to merge the B teams with League Two and the Conference to form two regional leagues. The top clubs want more competitive games for young players. Luton's managing director, Gary Sweet, is against the plans.
15: It's really hard to imagine how a number of clubs, however many that might be, can create a, 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 a B structure where it can be shoehorned effectively into into the current pyramid system without really having cat- catastrophic consequences.
1: And cycling's first ever women's tour of Britain starts today. Tomorrow's stage finishes in Bedford. The cyclists race from Cheshunt to Welling Garden City on Saturday. Olympic gold medalists Laura Trott from Hertfordshire and Danny King will both line up for Wiggle Honda. King wants to see the tour become an annual event.
21: I think it could be you know a yearly thing and it would be great to have you know this event as part of the women's calendar year on year um, and obviously to have such a big race in Britain is
6: just an added bonus.
1: BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Sorry,
6: uh, uh, did you say a, a
1: league sandwich? A league sandwich, yeah.
6: Sandwiched between <laughs> leagues.
10: Oh, I see. Okay, thank you very much. Across beds, a league and sandwich. This is Ian Lee.
3: BBC Three okay. Counties Radio. So here's the thing.
6: A league sandwich. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about. We're talking about forced marriages. We're talking um, about complaints about the NHS. That's evolved into talking about suing the NHS. Um, uh, Can I tell you that disgusting thing now, ladies? I think you've seen it. It's on Twitter. It's from Carpet Martin on Twitter. 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 Twitter Uh, Twitter Partak. Uh, You want an horrific medical story? What's that noise?
8: That's the builders.
6: I haven't got that in there. The
8: ghostly builders.
6: My aunt had a tumour removed... And when it was examined, it was full of teeth and hair. Teeth? That's a person. That's a twin. Inside. I've heard
7: of that before, where people kind yeah, of absorb you've heard, their twin.
6: You've heard about it from my big fat Greek wedding. It That's was not on a, that was that. I've
7: seen it on other magazines since. How was it? Why?
8: Uh, Sorry. Hmm.
6: Well, there is a theory that that, that 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 you kind of you can be twins, but the first twin, the, the second twin, doesn't really develop.
8: No, I'm not talking about twins.
6: Oh. No, but it, it's absorbed into your, the first twin's body.
7: So the tumour turns out to be...
6: The remains of a twin. I've got you. Yeah. Let me just read that again. My aunt had a tumour removed when it was examined. It was full of teeth and hair. Uh, and the tweet I sent this morning, Ophelia called in telling us how her stomach burst open and her intestines poured out. This! This is what BBC Local Radio should be like. I want more stories like this. Well, because when you get a medical phone in, okay, oh, Doctor, I've got a very sore toe and I've had it for about three weeks. I wonder if you could help. No, I want someone to phone up and say, Doctor, my stomach has just burst open and my intestines are pouring out. What the hell do I do?
7: Okay, well, I like your vision of the future. (laughs)
6: Let's see what happens Monday night. Let's let's see. Maybe we can start getting cocky on Tuesday or maybe we have to uh, eat a little bit of the old HP. Uh, Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Glenn, what would you like to say? making complaints Yes. Um, when well, I lived in
17: Newport in, in South Wales I took my son to the doctor's he was asthmatic and they said to the come doctor as was well, asthmatic? no 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 my boy was asthmatic oh sorry I apologise yes that's alright and uh, so I went at 12 o'clock and at 1.30 I still hadn't been seen Yeah. and there was a lot of people that were elderly people and I went up and I made a complaint and said if you can't get everybody
6: in at 12 o'clock why book everybody in and uh, two days later I had a letter to say that we have been struck off oh Glenn now, Glenn, I need you to be honest with me. Yeah. Did you say politely... Look, if you can't... Dear chap, if you can't see everybody at 12 o'clock, why have you booked us all in? Or did you say... F in F! The F no, no, in I F I didn't swear. No, oh. I didn't swear because I was actually in the... In, I, I wanted to speak to the
17: practice manager. Wow. And, and they uh, struck you she, off. And they struck us off. And then it, it was very difficult for us to find a doctor. Um, so I took it to South Wales Argos, the paper. So we made front page... Uh, two interviews and we appeared
6: on that's life oh <laughs> sorry yeah that's you, life you, well that is life you you appear for those who don't know that's life was um was uh, what catherine what would the modern equivalent of that's life be
7: um well the one show but no it
6: wasn't it no was the one show's nationwide that's life
7: imagine the one show but interesting and quirky
6: it's like okay. It's it, if consumery. you got if you got the one show plus with Watchdog, yeah. plus plus um, um, a, a posh man with a beard playing songs on the piano. Bit of rogue traders. Bit of rogue traders and some and some uh, Dot Cox.
7: And I was going to say throw in some comedy vegetables. You got a
6: show and a dog that says sausages.
7: Oh, that was funny though.
6: That was very funny. That's that's life. See, you were on That's Life. I was yeah Flipping it did, now. Did your doctor's surgery accept you back in the fold? No, I didn't. I wrote an appeal. I wrote
17: to the <laughs> uh, to the council. He said no. So I thought, well, I'll get my own back. Oh.
6: And I did. W- what did you do? Well, no, I just put, oh, uh, I, I went to the papers. I just okay. because that would have been awkward, wouldn't it? I I, I don't think, if a, if a doctor's had struck me off, I don't think I'd want to go back no. to them because they're all you're always going to be thinking: Are they really giving me the right medicine? Are they listening no. to what I'm saying? What's the special uh, symbol
7: next to my name?
6: (laughs) Glenn, listen, thank you very much for that. That's life. It got tedious towards the end.
7: Well, you've seen one comedy character. You've seen them all, haven't you? Sure. Oh, I'll tell you what I remember as well. The really sad one. Yeah. Do you remember Ben? No. a little boy called Ben who needed a kidney transplant. No. Oh, my goodness. They followed his story for a long time. And he didn't make it, Oy. but they—it spurred them on to do this huge campaign in his memory, and it was really moving. And I just—I remember that vividly from being a child.
6: I remember the Lurpaloof. The what? The Lurpaloof. No. It was their April Fool. Oh. It was a purple monster in a zoo. I also remember. Um, they, were, they, they were talking like a sort of Schindler's List style story, this old fella that had helped loads of Jewish kids out of concentration camps or Nazi Germany or something like that and they had the old fella in the audience they said, well, this is the story, we've done the story, and the old fella's in the audience here, John, stand up and take about this old fella stood up and he'd take about bow, he said, you've never met you haven't met anybody of those, those kids, you ever wonder how much of those kids mm-hmm. He said, "Well, yeah, I do, but I, I've never met. Them. Well, if you turn to your left, that's Karen. That's one of the children you rescued. Oh. And if you turn to your right, and they had about twenty of the kids, all grown-up adults, all sat around him, and that, he'd never met them.
7: That is making the hair stand up. Oh, my it's, it's
6: giving me goosebumps. I know what the punchline is. It's incredible. It did get a little bit self-indulgent towards the end, but it was a weird program because it, 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 I'm trying to describe that's life. Who'd have thought it? Because you had um, Esther Ranson, who was hot back in the day, kind of sat on a chair. You had Doc Cox for a while, who was um, uh, he was a filthy." comedian called Ivor Biggin. He released Rude Records, but he would do comedy songs, later replaced by the fella who worked at LBC, the bald fella. Um, oh, what? Howard. No. There was a Howard, wasn't there? There was a Howard. There was the fella who used to play the piano, not Stilgo. Stilgo did it for a while. Oh, I, we used to work with him. He's a lovely, lovely chap. He works at BBC Berkshire now. Anyway. Not helping. I, uh, no, not Adrian Mills. What was his name? Gavin Campbell. No. That's another one. But Gavin Campbell, Adrian Mills and A&Other would sit in a line and yes. they would say... And so it would start with Esther going, well, we spoke to British Gas and this is what they had to say. Cuts to Gavin. We are not interested in your complaint. Well, so Mr Jones said, well, I really... And it would cut back to them doing all the voices. Yes. Yeah,
7: and they would do a voice as well, wouldn't they? It was very funny. And sometimes she would laugh, wouldn't she? She it would They would laugh. make each other ch- chuckle.
6: Yeah. I know how they got the dog to say sausages. I know how they got the dog to say sausages, Justin. How? Well, if you, if, if you growl... Right, and if I move your mouth, mm-hmm. you would go, <laughs> <laughs> That's how they did it. Can you show me later on? Uh, uh, I like it when you make Make a please. growl and just move your mouth up and down with your okay. hand. You go, <laughs> No. <laughs> well, you're just saying sausages. Just, <laughs> that's, it? <laughs> that's it? That's it? Well, thanks. What was the fella's name? I used to work with him. You He's used a poor fella. place as well.
12: He worked there for about two weeks last year. He
6: did, he came and did a little shift in. Yeah. He's such a nice bloke. Really nice guy. I'm ashamed I can't... So th- nice we've forgotten his name. Oh, I've, I'm, I, I, I'm so ashamed I can't <laughs> think of his name because he's such a nice bloke and it, it's 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 going to come to me. Mm. Anyway, what, what do you want? Uh, well, you, you've annoyed me this morning. Because, Bill, um, Buckley! Bill Buckley! Bill Buckley! Bill, do you know how much you mean to me? It used to be a Bill Buckley song. What was the <laughs> Bill Buckley song? Bill... I can't remember. It. Anyway, Bill Buckley. Lo- one of the nicest <laughs> men in radio ever. We love Bill Buckley. Can we
12: play a track by Ivor Biggin tomorrow? No, we cannot. Oh, that's a shame. Because okay. they're filthy. Yeah, well, they were great. Fantastic. I, I'm sure that uh, before 7am's in the watershed... <laughs> <Isn't laughs> yeah. We're,
6: we're going to play another Paul Revere and the Raiders song oh, tomorrow. Yes, you recommended kicks. Great. Fantastic. What's, yeah, what's great unusual for, for that song? It's an anti-drug song mm. from the mm. 60's bad. Yeah. I've tweeted Mark Lindsay, the lead singer of Paul Revere, and I'm going to see if we can get him on. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Anyway, what, what do you want? Well, we're talking
12: about ghosts, aren't we, this morning? Because yes. In the first hour of uh, the programme this morning, you were very unhappy. You, you were complaining about uh, bangs in a building. Um, I then went down to the basement. Our building was built on a former cemetery. Um, we have uh, proof that ghosts do exist in our building from the uh-huh. Ghostbusters. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're talking ghosts, and um, I've been out into the streets for you this morning. I've um, got a couple of stories here. Yeah. To, to kind of prove the fact that, that people do believe and people have seen things. Got some audio coming up. Here is ghost story number one. But can
6: I just say, Justin, mm-hmm. th- you talking to, um, not, uh, sorry, you talking to uh, people in the street mm. is not proof that ghosts exist. Once you've heard these
12: stories, you will believe. Here, it's talking ghost, ghost story this one. morning. What happened to you, sir?
6: Oh, i
17: was just seen a ball, but an, an orb the size of a football in my room, and it was, um, I wasn't scared of it, whatever it was. So it was going across the room, uh, above your head? Yeah, floating, like the size of a football. And you could see through it, and it just vanished into the uh, ceiling.
12: Did you see a face on there at all? Or no. No. It? no, it just floated away. Besides the size of a football it was, visible, you could see through it, basically. What, what sort of colours? Like rainbow spectrum type of thing. You weren't drunk at the time, were you? No. <laughs>
17: <laughs> oh, did it scare you? I don't know, young
12: man. Did it, did it scare you?
17: No,
12: it didn't scare me, know yeah. maybe, maybe believe me after leave. There's got to <laughs> be something else out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Justin, a Scouse fella saw a ball in his room. Yes, yes, come on, yeah. explain it, explain it. Come on then. C- Catherine, come on, then uh, man. Catherine summed up that story excellently. Catherine, what did you say about that story?
7: Um, I said, well, what was the first guy, what did he see, a ball? He saw a ball. Yes,
6: mm. an orb.
12: You said it's a load of old balls, basically. <laughs> OK, OK, guys, come on, explain it. What, it, what could that have been then? He was drunk? No, he wasn't drunk, he said that. There was a maybe there was a maybe there was a ball in his room. No, no ball is in his room. It's a floater.
7: Have you never had a floater?
12: Uh, yes, I have In I've your flo- eye? No, no. Ask no.
7: Jonathan, he gets floaters. In his eye? Yeah, yes. It's like a dark patch over your eye and it's quick, actually something that's on your eyeball.
12: You're quick to dismiss. Why would a ghost come back as a ball? I don't know. I've got no you, idea. Exactly. I've got no idea on that one, but he knows what he saw. Balls, That's ghost can't, story number one. balls can't die. Ian, I am telling you, listen, I've I been out on many stories for you, okay? To give you an example, uh, we spoke to people this morning about forced marriage. Now, those sort of stories take a long time to come up with. You've got to wait for those stories. When it comes to ghost stories, most people have got the most people believe. There was story number one. Here is story number two. Somebody else has seen a ghost. What
15: happened to you? Oh, coming home one night, about two in the morning. As I was walking up the stairs, there was a picture of a woman in the, the window, just like, like looking at me through a mirror,
22: but it wasn't. It was a window. When I got up there, there was no one there, but it was a woman. Any
12: ideas who that could have been? Probably someone that lived in the house before me. Are am getting goosebumps just listening to
22: you? Well, you, you do sort of look back and wonder what it, what it is, but then you just think it might be a trigger of the mind. But that's the only thing I can suggest, it could have been a ghost.
12: But you know what you saw? Yeah, I know what I saw. You weren't drunk at the time because you were driving home? Yeah, weren't drunk, definitely weren't drunk. When you saw that face looking at you through the window, um, I know you're a guy, but you can not admit this, w- were you scared, did you scream? No, didn't scream, just looked at a maze, that's all, and then got to the window, looked outside the window, there weren't nothing there, and that was it, didn't think no more about it. Wow. And that was about 30 years ago. You still remember it
22: like it was yesterday? Yeah. You do, you don't forget a, a figurine in your head. You
18: you <laughs> it
22: must have been about 80, 90, Really old girl. And we, we believed it
12: might have been somebody that lived in the house. That was over thirty years ago. You don't forget a, much, you,
6: right? you don't forget a figurine. <laughs> no, come on, mate. That's weird. Okay, great Go stories. On. Where's yep. the ev? Where's the uh, ev? There's well, no ev. Well, the ev is is in what they've seen. He's a, some old boy at two o'clock in the morning. He yeah. can barely speak. <laughs> he saw a figurine. Oh, come on, Justin.
12: Oh, come on! Listen, he he went into his home. He saw somebody. At <laughs> two o'clock the in the window. morning. Yes. Mm, I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. You will be inundated with stories, and um, as I mentioned to you, I had a. a weird bang the other day in my vehicle and um, my uncle once actually many, many years ago, driving down the <laughs> old A41 <Day 41 laughs> Hemel. okay, Snooks uh, the last highwayman to be hung in this country, there is a stone okay, <laughs> there is a stone in the field okay, which represents where he was hung and and he was driving home from a disco one night and he knocks over a man and a horse he gets out of the vehicle and there's nothing there explain that one to me oh,
6: just in any respect I've made have had for you has completely Why? disappeared. These are up genuine your stories, yeah, the genuine stories. Justin Dealey. thank you very much indeed. So Justin's uncle ran over the ghost of Snooks and his horse. <laughs> Travel news
10: for beds, Snooks and bugs.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there was an earlier accident between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 27 for the M11, just before the Bell Common. we still got queues to before Junction 25 for Enfield, but all lanes have reopened now the M40 London bound between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. There was an earlier accident there and we've still got congestion on the approach from Junction 6 for Watlington. In Luton the Stockingstone Road is partially blocked around the Hitchin Road following an accident. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Alice. 8.47
6: or thereabouts. It's Wednesday the 7th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for the law on forced marriages to be strengthened as police in Luton continue their search for a teenage girl who is the subject of a forced marriage protection order. A health campaigner is calling for greater transparency from Bedford Hospital when it comes to dealing with complaints. Jan Hansen is setting up a local branch of Cure the NHS. And Justin Dealey has been out and about speaking to people who reckon they've seen ghosts. But to me, that's not Ev.
3: Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC
10: Three Counties Radio.
20: Good morning. Well, it's not a bad start to the day. We've got a bit of blue sky out there at least, but we're just seeing these showers sweeping across parts of West Hearts at the moment. And these showers are going to come and go really through the course of the morning. Some of them quite heavy. And as we head into the afternoon, they will become a little more frequent as well. Perhaps a rumble or two of thunder. But they're blown through fairly quickly on a relatively strong westerly, southwesterly breeze. So they shouldn't last for too long. Just not going to feel too pleasant if you're caught out in one. But the maximum temperature is still getting up to 17 Celsius. Overnight, we've still got scattered showers at first this evening, a dry spell in the middle but then some light rain joining us as we head towards dawn tomorrow. Minimum temperature kept mild by the cloud, the breeze and also the rain. We're looking at a minimum of around 9 Celsius, although towns and cities likely to stay in double figures. For Thursday, rather grey, rather breezy and then we've got this band of more persistent rain sweeping eastwards through the course of the morning, joining us through the afternoon and turning rather heavy. Maximum temperature tomorrow by uh, getting up to 16 Celsius, that's 61 degrees
3: in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Every weekday morning from 9. Good morning, welcome to the JVS show. Your local
0: stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration
17: needs to stop? Your local life.
21: Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong?
17: We've actually got an open doors policy.
21: I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What
17: the government are doing, they start introducing American type sentencing like 200 years in prison.
21: The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic.
3: Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: (laughs) Oh, Justin. All right, boss. <laughs> We're all laughing at you. Why are you laughing? Come you're, on. You're a, you're a Muppet. Why what. am I a Muppet? You are one of the best broadcasters I know, but really, when it comes to, um, you know, talking sense, you don't. Okay.
12: Okay, then. Right. So, after the programme today, um, yeah. you are convinced that we haven't got any ghosts in our building. That's good. Even though I've explained to you the ghost buses <laughs> have been in, and we have proof, yeah. and our building was, yeah. was built on an old cemetery. Yeah. yeah. You go down to the basement later on, then. Okay.
6: okay fuck you go phone. down after the programme, okay. and I will come with you with a microphone. Okay. Yeah, I'll do Be- that. Yeah. Man. We've got um, Ian has been tweeting whilst he was listening to your um, uh, report earlier on. Yeah. Well, there's the proof we've been waiting for. Hashtag ghosts exist. Yeah, absolutely. Well done. Well said, Ian. Sarcasm doesn't always come across in tweets, does it? Oh, it's not. A- and no. then, and then, <laughs> had this gentleman been drinking? Got in at two a.m. Hash- two a.m.
12: Hashtag ghosts exist. We asked him the question. Had you been drinking? He said, "No, I was driving home." OK, well, that's, that's, that's evidence. More proof.
6: Now, tell us about this. You had a, At the weekend, you had a mystery bang in your car. Yeah.
12: <laughs> yeah, I did. It was a mystery bang. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I don't know. It must have been, what, Sunday evening or Monday evening? I think it was Sunday. Yeah. Um, about 11 o'clock in the, in the evening, I was feeling really, really hungry. I went to the kitchen. I had uh, major cravings for <laughs> a bowl of Frosties. And when I got in there... <laughs>
9: okay. Oh, man, alive,
13: yeah. So
12: when I got there, unfortunately, the tiger, wasn't there, <laughs>
6: okay? <laughs> Does he know this is going yeah, out on the yeah. radio? <laughs> okay. I couldn't
12: I couldn't find the tiger. So I'm bluff. thinking, what do I do here? So yeah, ah, the colonel. Yeah. So I've gone to see the Colonel, <laughs> a Kentucky Fried Chicken, to get some popcorn chicken. And on the way there I got to a roundabout and suddenly Bang, this huge bang ah, yes, on yes. my car yeah, at the roundabout and there was yeah. no traffic anywhere no. to be seen it was no. very very quiet it was a bank holiday weekend yeah. so I've got a brand new vehicle and I was like oh I don't believe this no. I've got a big dent in my car um, what's happened I've gone round the roundabout I've got out the car I couldn't see nothing I've gone back round the roundabout again I couldn't see nothing I couldn't see a human being I couldn't see an animal I couldn't see anything it was just a mystery bang and it scared me it wasn't snooks I can tell you that much but it did scare me
6: it's a new car. Could it not have been just like a technical problem with the car?
12: No, it was such a loud bang. Yeah, I thought yeah. I genuinely Gosh. hit somebody. I was a- terrified. A-
6: again, I'll, I'll say loud bang aside. Could it not have been a technical problem with the car? No, no not a bang no, like Well, that, let's, no. let's let's let's. Uh, Dave's in Luton. Morning, Dave. Good morning, boss. Dave. Now you. I'm, we're all laughing at Justin. Yeah,
11: no, I know. You're not Please laughing, do- are you? No, I'm not. I'm telling. No, Justin, get that car to the garage where you brought it from. Hmm. Because I had the same, similar thing, and it was a prop shaft, cracked, it was hanging off, and if I'd gone any further, I could have been in a serious accident.
6: Really? Yes, mate. So, Dave, let's just clarify, (laughs) it wasn't a mystery bang, you didn't have a mystery bang in your car one night. Yes, I did. You did? Yeah,
11: going round the roundabout, and I got out to do exactly what Justin did, I I thought I hit something, but I didn't, and I thought, oh... I carried on, and I could still hear this kind of little bit of a bang, yeah, cracking, yeah. and I took it to a garage the next day, and he says, good job you brought it in, because your prop shaft's hanging off. So just, just go,
6: um... <laughs> <laughs> is your is your, shaft, is, is your prop shaft hanging off, Justin? No. no, no as far as you know. Okay. No, no shafts no. are hanging off so anyway. So, Dave, you, yeah,
11: you didn't... Be, you yeah, did you've got to be careful, because it could be the bolts holding you, onto the wheel. Dave, let's just
6: clarify a few things. You didn't um, hit Snooks and his horse. No, no. <laughs> you didn't no. hit a mystery dead ball. No, no. no. You, 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 didn't, you hadn't hit any ghosts. And I didn't go to the cellar. No, no, exactly. Well, I'm going. Justin, Justin, you're listening to Dave's advice? I'm listening to the
12: advice. I I can clarify the whole thing for you right now. Forget about
6: shafts and everything else. This was a ghost. Okay, thank you very much indeed. (laughs) I I love the way he thinks if he says it. Evidence. Yeah, that's your evidence. If he says it really authoritatively and in his serious voice, well, you can't dispute that. This was a ghost. Oh, okay, just right. End end of conversation. (laughs) Oh, he's making me laugh. Thank you, Justin. Excellent stuff indeed. 08459 four double five five double five. A couple of minutes if you want to give us a call. It's also the number to start dialing if you want to speak to uh, JVS. We've been talking about hospitals um, after one gentleman is going to set up a cure at the NHS uh, group uh, around Bedford Hospital um, as he was unhappy with the treatment his mum and his brother received. Amy's on the line. Morning, Amy. Morning. What's your story?
21: Um, it's made about my husband... Um, he was, um, off work for 18 months, and the NHS told us, um, beginning of last year that it was, um, pancreatic cancer, and then last, and then after, uh, that was about for about three months, and then they turned around and went, oh no it isn't, it's, uh, chronic pancreatitis.
6: Oh. Oh, that's that's quite a big (laughs) misdiagnosis to get. Uh, but but in some way, I, I don't want to demean what you...
21: Yeah, I'm glad that it wasn't, you know. In, in,
6: in terms of misdiagnosis, to be told you've got something really bad, then something yeah. not quite as bad, that's the way to go, isn't it? Okay, yes. Were you angry with the hospital, you or your husband? Were you angry? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and when you... Com- I'm, I'm assuming you complained. What happened? Um, we... We just get hobbed off. Um, and
21: we've actually, um... We had to wait a long, long time for him to get any treatment or anything. We did first of all we got told by one um consultant that, um, oh just take paracetamol and um he was on oromorph as well for a long time. Mm. Um and they said, Oh, just take paracetamol, you're fine. And we're like, Yeah, right. So we changed um consultants. Um and then we got and then we got seen by uh we got three different consultants all together and then we finally um got sorted when I emailed the mp and they and um, then suddenly rushed us through and on the monday I emailed them on the thursday i get a phone call saying from the pra- uh, practitioner of the particular hospital the main hospital and um, that um oh yes we've um your pre-ops tom- uh, tomorrow that was the friday and then um your operations actually on the t- uh tuesday of next week um, cause it, uh, so they sped it, things
6: up once, once the MP got involved.
21: Uh-huh. Amy, uh, uh,
6: did you uh, have you ever considered suing them? Well,
21: uh, we have thought about it. But obviously, we don't know about, uh, enough about having to sue and what we
6: need to do and everything else. Well, I, 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 listen, I don't know the ins and outs, uh, but I suggest, it's, it's not a great line, so I'll let you go, Amy, but I suggest you, you find a medical... If you want to, the route would be to find a medical negligence lawyer who operates on a no-win, no-fee basis, if that's what you wanted to do. Um, Ken's in Luton. Morning, Ken. Morning, Ian. Now, we've been... A- oh, no, I've just seen what We've been asking this morning, after Ophelia called in, her stomach burst open and her intestines fell out, we have been asking what parts of your body have fallen out of your body. Yes. Tell us your story, but bear in mind, we may still have young ears listening. My bowels
17: used to drop at my body when I went to the toilet. And, uh, my mum used to have to push it back up again. You listening?
18: Yes,
6: ma'am. Stop laughing, Ian. I'm not laughing. It's a serious condition. It is, especially when you're only eight. Seven or eight, I was. Yes. Why, Why do you think that happened? Because
17: ever since birth, I used to go in hospital about... Two or three times a year, and they used to try all different things to stop me losing a lot of blood when I went to the toilet. Yeah. So then I spent seven months in oh dear. Westminster, and they finally cured it.
6: And uh, so, does, does it, when was the last time your bowel fell out? When I was about. Hey. Well, that's well, that's a relief, and doesn't that show just how much mums love their kids? I bet she did that unquestioningly. Oh yes, unquestioningly. It, it wasn't a pretty sight. Ken, just to lighten up a little bit, yes? Have you got a poem about one of your ex-girlfriends?
17: Oh yes, we'll give you a poem about one of your girlfriends. Let's have a look. Uh, how about, uh, Mabel, you've had. Joan, you've had. Pam, you've had. I've not had them. You have. You have. Yes, I went out with a girl named Danny.
6: She took me for all my money. There we go. Thank you very much. Very quickly, Nigel, you've got 20 seconds. What have you got? Hello? Yes, Nigel? Hello, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, Ian, um,
17: talking about ghosts. Yes. Um, I work at the Vaughan Quake Theatre in Stevenage. I'd like to invite you and the team
19: to
6: come and see our ghost Alice there's a, there's a, an invitation you don't get who wants to go and see a ghost called Alice is
8: that a play or a real ghost it's a real... no
6: it's a real ghost well, Nigel I haven't, got to, I haven't got time to tell you the story no, Nigel go... keep, keep in touch give us a call tomorrow we'll speak to you tomorrow yes we're in we're in
10: travel news for beds hearts and bugs
5: BBC Three Counties Radio the M25 clockwise after an earlier accident between Junction 26 of Waltham Abbey and 27 for the M11, still queuing to before Junction 25 for Enfield, but all lanes are reopened in that stretch. The anti-clockwise carriageway queuing between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. And in Ponder's End, the Hartford Road High Street, closed between the Nagshead Road and Garfield Road, really adding to the delays on the southbound A10. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Alice, thank you very much. Wow. What stories we've had this morning. Thank you so much. We, we come prepared-ish with a show, and it's kind of all right, but it's your stories that make it, we've had some cracking ones this morning. Thank you very much. JBS up next. I'll be back tomorrow at six. Ta-ta.
3: Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks.
10: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon Smith. It's Wednesday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone in, should anyone who wants to
18: work in healthcare in this country have to speak good English? A top government advisor.